Attention, people of Earth. What's going Attention, on there? people of Earth. Do not be alarmed. Stand by for an important message. Stand by for an important message. And now, Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. Oh, please let it be fantastic. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. It's rather good, isn't it? Hey, I'm just enjoying the show. Inconceivable! I can't take it anymore! There's no need for that attitude. Don't make me go to the larder and unseal a tin of whoop ass. We came, we saw, we kicked it ass. How freaking cool is that shit? Great Scott! I reject your reality and substitute my own. Nice, right? I learned that one from you, guy. Bang it out. <laughs> we are going live. Yeah. Feel free to hang around for a while. Oh, God, this makes me happy. Live on all the Internet's webs and tubes, it's Mike Check Radio with Adam Ebert. Are you going to do the thing? I'm going to do the thing. You're doing the thing. I'm doing the thing. Do the thing. All right, we are doing the thing live on any media weekly radio, stream worldwide, and podcasting who the hell knows where. This is Mike Check Radio for Saturday, March 23rd, 2019. And uh, we got a lot to talk about, so I'm going to get to the panel straight away. To it, joining me as always out of the mediocre city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the rogue DM Dungeon Master, mother of cats, queen of the universe, crowned three times, etc., etc., Michelle Legon. Hello. I am Hello. here, ready to Hello. go. Very good, very good. And also joining us on the mediocre city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the GM Galaxy Master. Last of his name. No, I'm just joking. Miles Lagan. Hello. I was just chuckling at Michelle's last second panic. All right. Alexa was misbehaving. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, so, oh wait. First of all, we are doing. We are do- definitely doing the thing today. We are. We. I. I cut the. Uh, interview with Steve Bloom. It's in the box. It's it's in the black hole. It is ready to go. So, the only way, the only thing that's going to stop me from doing this interview later tonight is my un- untimely death. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen. You uh, never know, though. I, I mean... It's a good interview. Oh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed <laughs> it a lot. Um, yes. This will be the first time I will have heard of it. Heard it. I heard lots about it, but I have not heard it yet. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're definitely doing the an hour three. Well, I sent you the preview so you could, you know, listen. But I guess everyone was doing stuff today. Saying there's an audio issue. Oh my! Did you forget to do something? Did you forget to hit the button? Yes, actually, I did. But don't worry, it has recorded. It recorded everything. Yes, actually, I did. But don't worry, it has recorded. It recorded everything. 
All right. Uh, so anyway, yes, it's. Uh. Uh, I can't believe I missed that. God damn it. All right. Yep, yeah, we're here. We're here. Uh, Miles, Michelle, Legon. Uh, we'll hey. be doing. We'll be doing the. Uh, we'll be running the interview with Steve Bloom, voice acting legend. An hour holder. If I'm not world, mistaken, he is in the uh, Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> We've got that story. I don't think he's ever told. I don't. If he's ever told that story in public before, it wasn't recorded. So, <laughs> we may have us an exclusive. What's, uh, what's, what's really funny about it is that um, he also voices several characters in the Star Wars uh, The Old Republic um, online MMORPG. Yes. And Miles and I, our characters just got the companion that he voices in that game. <laughs> and, and as we're talking to him, we're like, Miles, Miles is like, that's Steve Bloom? I said, yep, that's Steve Bloom. <laughs> yeah, he's, he is an amazing, amazing man. Very nice. And we also talked about, you know, what it's like to be part of a modern myth as as part of Star Wars. Because Star Wars is a modern myth. They're, you know, yes. it's not myth-like anymore. It is a modern-day myth. Um, and unlike Lovecraft's myths, it doesn't involve, you know, horrible insanity and or death. So, uh, as I... I I've created several religions in uh, Civ Six. I have called it the Force. So, there you go. <laughs> I usually found Hebertism. Anywho. Yeah. Well, no, actually, I think I think in our la in our current game, I founded Shinto. Yes, that's right, folks. Shinto was founded in Carthage by Queen Dido. <laughs> <laughs> in our world. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, so, yeah. Hour number three, as I said before, before we found out we had we were having trouble... Uh, the only thing that's going to stop this interview from running is my untimely death by assassination. So, yeah. Kenny Pick will I be think in. the odds are good. Yes, Miles? The odds are good of that not happening. Aw, thanks, Miles. I'm glad you're not planning on assassinating me. Yeah. <laughs> Could it end up like Spectre in here? All right. Uh, so yeah, Kenny Pick will be in at the bottom of the second hour, and um, we'll talk about before we do the interview. Hayao Miyazaki ended up in my, on my radar this week in a very bad way. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but first, okay. So the Mueller. <coughs> sorry, Ugh, something's going on with my my throat today. Uh, the Mueller report came out yesterday, and, uh, you know, it's weird that despite no one having read this thing, uh, all the conservatives are saying it, it completely exonerates Trump. And, and you know what? I, I am willing to be persuaded about that, Miles. I'm willing, I'm willing to give these, since they're so sure it exonerates Trump, I challenge my Trump cultist friends to join me in my call to make the to make the Mueller God damn it <laughs> to make the Mueller report public so that everyone in America can reach the conclusion that they have. I think that's a fair fair you know I'm sure they're all gonna jump at my proposal. Yeah, as fair as that is, I have I am still 
tempering my excitement about the Mueller report and what it has to say. Um, I'm more focused now on the Southern District of New York and the state of New York. Uh, that's going to be far more exciting than the, the, what the Mueller report's doing, in my opinion, because that's where RICO can happen. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, I, I think I think Mueller was helping to lay down a RICO case, and you got to remember that's uh, how that's how Mueller got to start. You know, he used there RICO is to take no doubt. There is no doubt that Mueller, when he found things, he dished it to the proper people. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, and I'm I'm still convinced he had some sort of proverbial dead man switch that if he got canned. People were going to be getting faxes because, you know, I, I, I work for the government. I know the government still uses faxes, folks. <laughs> they use email, too, but they still use faxes. You know, people were getting faxes. There'd be, you know, packages being delivered. Bodies would be dug up. All sorts of shit. Um, but what drives me, what, what's, what I find amusing, and, and it's, it's amusing and pathetic. But, again... The report came on there saying that just because Mueller didn't issue any new indictments means, uh, libtards were wrong about everything. <laughs> it's like, sure, laugh, you know, laugh it up, morons, because guess what? He who laughs last laughs best. Well, like I said, I'm not that, you know, if something does come out of the Mueller report, great. But. Right now, it's in the hands of Barr, and that, and I don't expect him to play ball. Um, there's going to be a fight with the Congress trying to pull that out, so uh, expect that. You know, um, the the <sighs> I I really want it to come out. I do, and uh, the American it will come out. I'm going to make that prediction. It will come out. The only question is when. Yeah. Well, and I will say this. If I, if I were Attorney General Barr, I'd be saying to myself, I can either make this public and just get it out there. Maybe it'll be bad. Maybe it won't. But if I suppress it, if I don't let it go public, people are going to, you know, people's imaginations are going to be running wild. Now, I'm not saying that I'm making up crimes. I, I you know, I, I'm, look... I had a friend who's a Trump cultist. We're we're both we're all familiar with him. My evil twin, Miles. I know. Uh, seriously claiming that Mueller found nothing to do with Russia in this investigation because apparently hackers for the GRU don't count as Russian in his world. Huh. I don't know how to. You know, and I told him, I said, you might want to ice down your groin after that because that's a stretch. That That's, um, I, <laughs> he is, it's denial. It's the stage of denial. But I don't know what to tell you. you know. I mean, it, it, like, I, I think it's sad that someone who is so intelligent can believe something that's so mind-numbingly stupid you know he loves to talk about whatever it takes to preserve your cognitive dissonance i'm smarter than you <laughs> it's like you know uh bag douche thyself michelle you, you know something you know i think she went afk real quick to get uh, something yeah i heard the cat i thought you know she came into this room in, in, in sneaky mode yes 
I had to get my water, um, and oh, I accidentally I, I, stepped on the cat that was getting underneath okay. my feet on see, the way out. So see, I I thought <laughs> you were. In, I thought, it wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I fault. thought you were doing something related to the cat that you know. No, mewed. I just I I needed water, <laughs> and I left it in the computer room with Miles. So. Yeah. So as I was saying, uh, you know. My evil twin, you know, he's singing, you know, uh, no Russian collusion. It completely exonerates Donald Trump is what is basically what he's saying. It's like, okay, then surely you are going to join me in calling to make the report fully public so that we can all reach the same conclusion you have. Because I have been learning Miles' technique. I, I deliberately set a trap because if they say yes, I hmm. win. If they say no, I win because I get to say, well, if you're so convinced it exonerates him, <coughs> why don't you want me to see it? Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't hold my breath, uh, Adam. It's not it, it. I wouldn't hold my breath. That's all I can say. We have our windows open and the next door neighbor's dogs are going nuts. That is the noise you hear. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's exciting. Oh, yeah. I can hear it echoing. <laughs> I'm yeah. in mute and close the window. Yeah, thank you. All right, so like I said, I, I, I get what you're saying, Miles, and I agree with you. They're most likely not going to take me up, you know, join my call. But, again, that's okay. That's all part, you know, again, it's a trap. You know, uh, you know, I'm I'm playing Admiral. I, you know, I I could have even been even funnier. Just said, you know, I'm going to warn you right now, it's a trap. <laughs> you know, where's my? It's a trap button. Uh, it's a trap. I reject your reality and no, substitute. No, that's not it. That's that's pretty close. It's a trap. It's in that's the closer. eyes. Yeah, that's better. So yeah, like I said, uh. I think Mueller found crimes. I, I, you know, and again, I, I. Oh, you know, we did. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, for all you, you know, I, I mean, let's put it this way, guys. Let, let's bottom line this. They seriously expect us to believe that all these people who were close to Trump, Manafort, Cohen, Cohen, uh, Flynn, Papadopoulos. We're supposed to expect that it stopped with them. That, that that somehow Trump remained completely untainted. I'm sorry I yeah, put right. the I'm sorry I put the image of Trump taint in in your in your heads. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, I'm <laughs> I, I'm sorry, you're you're picturing it, aren't you? I can hear it in your voice. Uh, I'm more giggling about the, the the predicament because we know Mueller is just has has dished out whatever he's dished out he's already done. Um, so I'm not that concerned. I'm not. Uh, it's just you just wait for it. I mean, right now we're at we're at um, the state the Southern District of New York because uh, from what I understand from what Mueller from what I'm hearing is that Mueller has already prosecuted the people he intends to prosecute. 
Yeah, I mean, he basically went for... I mean, it's entirely possible that he decided not to, to indict Trump because he right. was like, well, you know, the Justice Department says I can't. You right, know, not that, that's, not a, that's, that, a, that's a... That's a um, what's it, what, it's a memo. It's not a. It's not an official law. It's a, like a right. memo. Yeah, but I'm memo just saying. Just... I'm just saying it could be that that Mueller felt yes, he committed crimes, but this says I can't indict him, so I'm not going to poke right. that hornet's nest. So if he had tried to go after Trump with an indictment, it would have just resulted in a big court fight, and probably you know very possibly gone to the Supreme Court, and it's you know five, it could have gone five to four in Trump's favor. It very well could have. And then you've got, what have you got? you got nothing. Now, you don't indict Trump. Now, from what I understand, there are a number of sealed indictments. And they and from uh, from the uh, legal experts I've been heard on MSNBC, etc., is that that is a thing prosecutors can do. They can seal an indictment. And what that does is it locks the time, the... Um, uh, what is it when time runs out on a crime? Uh, statute of limitations. Statute of limitations. Thank you. Uh, it it's it locks in the time because the indictment has already been made, even though it's sealed. Right. It's and like so, Tupperware. It locks in the it locks in the prosecution <laughs> freshness. It locks in the flavor. So yes, the uh, it's like foil. It's, I have heard that there are sealed indictments. Now, who are they on? Don't know. Yeah, we don't but, know. Uh, I can imagine there would be on one on Trump, sure. Uh, considering, you know, the most famous uh, one where he is labeled as uh, individual one, <laughs> a co-conspirator, <laughs> unindicted co-conspirator. So it's there. It's, you know, <laughs> it's coming. Well- and the thing is that, let's say this report isn't as bad on Trump, okay? For the past two years, he's been whining like a petulant child about this. No collusion. I'm fine. How can they prosecute your favorite president? First of all, you're not my favorite president. Go fuck yourself. Uh, and second of all, you know, I don't care. If you, if you, you know, I would say the same thing about President Obama or President Clinton or President, you know, Kennedy, if they had been caught doing anything illegal, they need to go. Yeah, a crime's a crime. You know, a crime is a crime. Now, you got to remember that President Obama couldn't even get away with wearing a tan suit. Yeah, that's his crime. Fashion, you know, a fashion crime. <laughs> um, so, you know that if anything like that, you know, how they, they went after Hillary Clinton on Benghazi for four years. Four years. And it they does got set nothing. A precedent, though. It does set a precedent, though, uh, that, uh, that you can investigate bullshit. Not that you should, but that you can. Oh, and, and you, I will say here, Go ahead. I say you're right. It does set precedent, and it's a precedent we need to, to use in our favor when we win in 2020. Um, to they, investigate hey, what? Whatever we can find, whatever it takes. I want. Oh well, we already have the House. I want twenty twenty to be to Republicans what the KT event was to the dinosaurs. I want the party to go extinct. I'm gonna be the bearer of bad news for you on that. 
there are too many people in this country. Uh, I mean, Trump's base is still quite a solid 30-something percent. I'd say it's 25. His base uh, is 25. All right. But as far as him being his approval rating, it's still in the 30s. The, the, you're going to have a certain minimum number of assholes, racists, bigots, uh, religious nutcases that will continue to fight and struggle regardless of how bad it turns out for them. Now, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all with you. I want the same thing, but I'm just saying it's not... I don't expect a dinosaur extinction event, I'm just saying. Now, that being said, we can expect a, 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 a slaughterhouse in the Senate. There's going to be 21, I think, Republicans that are up. Yes. The just only... like the last... <clears throat> Go ahead. The only red I want to see next year is the blood of my enemies. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's going to be... It's going to be interesting. And I'm I, telling I you. Oh, sorry, Miles. Go on. No, no. I'm just saying it's coming. If you thought 2018 was good, another two years of Trump, because that's part of the strategy, I feel. Um, Mueller would have to turn up the, the smoking gun, as it were, in order to for things to push for uh, the, the House to file for impeachment, because I, I can see the strategy as much as I want Trump impeached, and I do. I really do. I can still see the strategy of not impeaching him. Because if you do impeach him, the Senate's not going to convict. All you're going to do is hand Trump a political victory. I can see the strategy in not impeaching him. He is, Trump. leave Trump as a lodestone around the neck of the Republican Party that they have to defend in the 2020 elections. And we'll have another ass-kicking of the Republican Party in, in the elections just like we did in 2018. And you think our, it, it's <laughs> that I can see the strategy. I, I want him impeached. I can see why he should be, but I do see the strategy. Yeah. Anywho, um, <clears throat> so, I, you know, I'm just saying, you know, I, I know the Republican Party isn't going to go extinct in only one cycle. Um, but... You know, and I I, the same thing is that this power grab where Trump can declare an emergency and suddenly gets to spend money, even though the Constitution specifically says otherwise. Remember, we we, I read that part of the Constitution. I expect Democrats to, you know, our next Democratic president to make full use of this new president. I want I want to make I want the next Democratic president, be it a man or woman, to make the Republicans bend over and grab the ankles. Because we're going to fix climate change, we're going to get gun control, all through executive orders. And you're going to have no choice but to smile. They'll scream and cry, as they usually do. They'll obstruct as best they can, just like Obama, under Obama. They will. That's all they can do. When they have no power, because, I mean, there was that, what did we have? 42 days. We had 42 days between when um, Al... Was it Al Franken? Was when Al Franken was confirmed and uh, Ted Kennedy died, or was it somebody else other than Al Franken? I'm trying to remember now. There was a there was an election that was contested, and uh, there was a suit, and it did, it wasn't confirmed until 
Anyway, 42 days is all they had, and we got a lot done, you know, but the Republicans obstructed as best they could. But, yeah, if we have um, a veto-proof majority in, uh, not veto, filibuster-proof majority in the Senate, yeah, expect all kinds of, uh, you, you, you will, I guarantee you, this is what you will hear. We need to work together. The two parties need to work together. The the party in power shouldn't be bullying their way around. You know that I guarantee the right's going to be singing that song right. as and soon as twenty twenty hands it to them to, in the teeth. And we need to say, "On your knees, dog." As long I would, as I would as, as long as they have the stolen Supreme Court, it's not going to matter. Well, that's we, another but, thing that can be fixed. But again, well, you 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 sit here when I pitched my idea. You said no. Hey, we keep staying the Supreme Court. Me, 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 me. I, my plan is solid. You pull Gorsuch and yeah, you pull Gorsuch in the Oval Office. You say either you resign or we're adding two seats to the Supreme Court. Either way, you lose. But in this way, Nana, Nana, is that I, adult? I, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't pull. I seriously would not take a judge and issue a threat like that or an so, ultimatum. That really reveals the power grab. Um, it's not a power grab. We're, we're resetting the status. <laughs> He's occupying a stolen seat. That's a power that is, grab. That is how it will be labeled by the opposition, Adam, they're gonna whether you label like it, it or not. They're going to label it no matter what. They think I Democrats, am, am they think a Democrat, any Democratic appointment is a power grab. I'm aware. You know, they're going to say that either way because they operate from a script. They don't have an original thought. All I'm saying is this. We pull Gorsuch in the Oval Office. He says, look, you either resign or I'm going to sign this bill that puts two, two more people in the Supreme Court. He's not going to resign. That's great. Then his vote becomes worthless. I'm just saying pulling him into the office is a pointless exercise. Except we get to smack him around a little proverbially. Okay, I appreciate your desire to inflict pain on others and make them bel and belittle them and whatnot, but tactically, it's really unnecessary. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Look, with the uh, John Fugel method of a little more, you know, a little more. And we all, we've established that John Fugel saying is a saint among men. I'm not John Fugel saying. That's my point. I'm a if you got him by the balls, you squeeze kind of person. I know that. I know. And that's okay. <laughs> do You do you, and I'll do me. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, we're, wow, we're already up to the break. Uh, so we'll, we'll go and we'll come back and, um, you know, oh, there's only one man who could pick a fight with a dead man and still lose. What was that, Miles? No, I'm just thinking there was a guy that lost an election to a dead man. Yeah, John Ascroft, yep. Yeah. Mr. Uh, covered Justice's naked breast. <laughs> right. Because he didn't want to be photographed under, uh, you know, he, he didn't want people asking which is the bigger boob. Did you want to leave a teaser for the next segment? I just did. We're going to talk about okay. a man. Never mind. Know. I thought you were having a discussion already. Never mind. No, no, no. 
I was just saying, you know, you're right. He, John Ashcroft lost to a dead man. The people of Missouri and in their infinite wisdom said, we're going to vote for the dead man because he scares us less than you do. And, and, and sometime between then and now, Missouri completely lost its shit. Anyway. So. Ready for break? Yep. Almost ready. Pretty much ready, yeah. So, and then, uh, at the top of the hour, we'll, um, we'll talk a little about the New Zealand, uh, thing, because, uh, boy, the right wing is going batshit crazy over that. So, alright, we will be, uh, damn, uh, we'll be right back after, uh, what's it called, this. Listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. You were totally badass, all swinging that scissor blade around, dressed up like a hooker. Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio. It's on the TV. When you get home, it'll never leave you. You'll never be alone again. Here's a story of human interest. It could save your life. Forget the world, look to the stars, what are they wearing? Will they punch the camera's there? Do you like animals? We have them too. Look at this crazy dog. He's just a dog listening to Indie Media Weekly Radio. What? I said you're listening to Indie Media Weekly Radio. Extraterrestrial Radio. All the power without the tower. Stay with me and experience the glory of Plaid Sundays. Two gigantic hours of grunge running from 5pm to 7pm Eastern here on Indie Media Weekly. Whether it's the distorted guitars or the emotive lyricism, 
few can deny the lasting influence of a genre that dressed down a generation. So turn it on and get inspired. It works for me, and I know that I'm not the only one. Plaid Sundays, only on Indie Media Weekly. Extraterrestrial Radio. All the power without the tower. Ciao. Yeehaw! Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Come on down to Southern Progressive Revival to hear the best and worst of Southern politics once again. We've got all brand new 2016 episodes for the low, low price of 100% free and tons of extras, including guests, rants, and flustered hosts and co-hosts. Think your credit ain't good enough? We don't care. Think you don't have nothing to hear since you ain't from the South? Well, that ain't right. You reckon that Yankee pick feller's got more class than us? Well, that might be true. But let's do this. Come listen to Southern Progressive Revival live every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Indie Media Weekly, Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. Come now and we'll throw in a free pine tree air freshener. Wow! Indie Media Weekly Radio is proud to bring you the Thomas Jefferson Hour, a radio program that models civil discourse, critical thinking, and good citizenship. Join nationally acclaimed humanity scholar and award-winning first-person interpreter of Thomas Jefferson, Clay Jenkinson, for the Thomas Jefferson Hour, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Sundays at 4 p.m. The Thomas Jefferson Hour on Indie Media Weekly Radio. Visit them at jeffersonhour.com. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and we are back. For the second segment here on Mike Check Radio, join me as always out of the mediocre city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the GM Galaxy Master, Mr. Miles Legon. Hello. Hello, hello. And also joining us out of the mediocre city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the rogue DM, Dungeon Master, Mother of Cats, first of her name, etc., etc., Michelle Legon. Yes, I am here, hanging on by the skin of my teeth, but I am here. What happened during the break? Nothing. Oh. All right. Well, that sells that then. All right. <laughs> uh, let's. Uh, just saying it makes it gives me a headache. Let's talk about the greatest American zero. No puppet. No puppet. It's pretty clear. You're the puppet. It's pretty clear. You won't admit. No, you're the, the puppet. I'm gonna bomb the shit out of them. Hey, when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab him by the pussy. I moved in there like a bitch. No politician in history, and I say this with great surety, has been treated worse or more unfairly. This guy, oh, I don't know what I said. Oh, I don't remember. He's going like, I don't remember. I don't, oh, maybe that's what I said. I'm really not a bad person, by the way. I do think they're great, you have to admit that. I'm not ranting and raving. I'm just telling you, you know, you're dishonest people. Nuclear holocaust would be like no other. Russia is fake news. Russia, this is fake news put out by the media. She doesn't have the stamina. I said she doesn't have the stamina. Hong Kong says the 
truck. Honk, honk goes the truck. Honk, honk goes the truck. Guys, I know we've done some fucked up things before, but I think this takes the fucked up cake. Because only one man alive could pick a fight with a dead man and still lose. And that man is Donald Trump. Um, so he was at a tank factory in Ohio, I think it was this week. And, uh, he decided to start bashing John McCain again. And I will say this, look, I'm not one of John McCain's biggest fans. I get it. He had a decent reputation for a while. And then when he lost to President Obama, he just became a bitter old troll. That's the truth, folks. That's the truth. You know, he may he may have done some good way back when, but my concern is the present. You know, it's like asking me, you know, yeah, you voted for health care, but uh, you were found with a corpse in your crawl space. You know, it's like, yes, John Wayne Gacy voted for, you know, worked for the Democratic Party. He still killed boys. So, I, I'm not one of John McCain's fans. That said, I'm never going to mock his, his service to the country. I mean, you know, the guy the guy couldn't raise his arms, you know, t you know, too much because his he, they've been broken and, you know, set and healed so, so many different times over the course of five years. I'm not going to knock his, his uh, uh, service to this country. Um, but Trump is on a whole other level. Um, I want to tell everyone that this is a 40-second clip out of an 8-minute-plus rant against John McCain. Because I could not stand to go through the entire 8-minute spiel even if I was just cutting out the greatest shits. I was like, this one clip was isolated, 38 seconds, it's got the word, you know, it, 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 it's crazy enough, I can drive on my point. So I was like, that, I'm, I'm calling that done. So I want to remind everyone, picture this. 16 times longer. Right, Miles? Is, that, is my math right on that? Yeah, it sounds good. You know, eight minutes, thirty seconds. Yeah, thirty. So, uh, well, probably like, yeah. It's okay. We we'll, get the point. We'll say we'll say yeah, sixteen times longer. And you'll understand. You'll you'll have an understanding of what deep hurting truly means. Deep hurting. Deep hurting. Here we go. So John McCain left it. I endorsed him at his request, and I gave him the kind of funeral that he wanted, which as president, I had to approve. I don't care about this. I didn't get thank you. That's okay. We sent him on the way, but I wasn't a fan of John McCain. So now what we could say is now we're all set. I don't think I have to answer that question, but the press keeps, what do you think of McCain? What do you think? Not my kind of guy. But some people like him, and I think that's great. Now, let's get back, and let's... Okay, now, 
again, the original, the original, the, the, the entire rant was over eight minutes long. Yep. And, and again, he's, you know, people keep asking about this because he engaged in conduct unbecoming of the presidency when he insulted John McCain. It is brilliant. What, insulting John McCain? Exactly. Because we're not talking about things he doesn't want to talk about. We're wasting our time talking about what a dick of a person he is, which we already know. Your logic is irrefutable, Miles. Thank you. Uh... I just like I said, I, I think it's I think it's sad, I think it's pathetic, but it's what we've come to expect from uh, our dear cartoon dictator. Emphasis on the dick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Instead of talking about things that are really bugging him, things that are lighting his ass on fire, we're talking about him just, you know, disrespecting a dead man. All right, then, Miles. I'll bite. Let's talk about this. He's canceling sanctions against North Korea. There we go. Because There's the bread he, and butter. He, he likes Kim Jong-un. Uh, he's desperate for a political win. Yes, he 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 wants to be seen as a winner. That's oh, yeah. what he is. He he honestly thinks he's going to be able to get his sorry ass in the history books for 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 forging peace with North Korea. It's not going to happen. They're playing him for a fool. Pretty much, There's they no haven't. There, they haven't disabled any nuclear weapon complexes. They haven't stopped nope. testing. In fact, they've done the opposite. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, I've heard that they are actually, you know, get firing things back up. Oh, yeah. Great job, okay. Trump. <laughs> uh, you know, and th this is personal to me, just like the Nazis thing is, because my other grandfather, my dad's dad, fought in Korea. Right. So y Trump is metaphorically dropping trow and pissing on my grandfather's grave. Because he's sucking yeah. up to this authoritarian mad dictator. Yeah, I can't argue that. You know, this is just so everyone knows, because I'm sure one of my right-wing friends will listening. This is why I take it so personally that Schittler was talking about how Nazis are fine people or how much he likes Kim Jong-un. My family fought and bled for this country in those wars. This is an excellent topic. It is also um, the other topic I'm sure Trump doesn't want being talked about is the uh, Jared and Ivanka security uh, clearances and their email servers that are uh, coming out. There's all kinds of stuff out there that, that <laughs> Trump is imploding on. And uh, there he goes. Let's trash a dead man and boop. 
There, there, there goes the media following we, the little fruit. We, we went away from that. What are you complaining about? No, I'm just saying that's how desperate Trump is. I'm not talking about his attacks on McCain. I'm talking about his strategy and tactics on how what a bad position he is in. Yeah, he has to put anything out there right now to draw the attention away from his kids and his in-laws and stuff. Chill, Adam. I'm so. not talking about... I'm not going to go into details. I'm pointing out Trump's actions. And he, and, and the thing about people. the thing about Trump and, and North Korea, you know, tr- those are the type of people Trump likes. Yeah, he, he likes people... He likes people that behead people for crimes. He, he likes, likes people who authorize their police to shoot and kill people for minor drug dealing offenses and things like that. He admires he, sort of he admires people who feed their uncles to dogs. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so uh Sarah B. Fuckaby Slanders, thank you, Kenny, said President Trump likes Chairman Kim. Oh, so now it's Chairman Kim. And he doesn't think these sanctions will be necessary. Okay, here's what you do. You sanction the fucker, and if he complies, then you take them off. I'm an idiot, and even I get... That's how sanctions work. Yep. Totally. (laughs) I'm a blithering idiot, and even I get that basic concept. But again, you're, totally, he, you're right on there with you, man. Nailed it. Th- you know, again, Kim Jong Un is playing Trump like a fiddle by stroking his teeny tiny fragile ego. Yeah. And uh, Trump's falling for for hook, line, and sinker. Yep. I mean, it, it's crazy. He's changing decades of policy with regards to the Golan Heights in Israel because Israel just basically said, oh, we're taking this land. You can't stop us. Nana, nana, boo, boo, stick your head and doo, doo. And all of a sudden he says, we need to we need to recognize their. No, we don't. They stole that. It's not theirs. Right. Michelle, if I steal Loki, are you going to recognize my claim? No. Thank you. And I I, That's I, I, would hunt, I, I have I have a very specialized set of skills, and I would hunt <laughs> you down, and I would find you. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. It won't be that hard. <laughs> it won't be that hard. You know where I live. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's no big secret. <laughs> you, you know where I work. You might not be able to get, on, get to where I work, but you know where I work. And I have access to fire ants and honey. Well, we, we're lousy <laughs> with fire ants, so don't worry. But, again, you know, the, for me, this is personal. This is personal. I mean, I know he's not doing it solely to piss me off. I don't think, you know, he's a sociopath, but he's not that much of a sociopath. But, I, I mean, he's just shredding our image Abroad, I mean, we're the laughing stock of the world. The entire world is saying, "Dude, he's playing you for a fool!" Fool, stop! And he's like, "Oh no, no, no! We have an actual 
You don't have a No, you do have a relationship. You're his mark. I'm not that worried about how the world is perceiving us. I'm pretty sure they know it's it's the leadership. Uh, every nation has its percentage of batshit crazy bigots and uh, right wingers. Yeah, Even but they Sweden, take, they take the steps to keep those people from power. Like what? We had an election. And the turnout since 2008 on the Democratic side was steadily dropping. Yes, there were some shenanigans. I'm not arguing that. But, yeah. You know, we should have, more people should have turned out to vote. More people in this country should, uh, you know. Get their ass in line and well, do what they gotta do. You're forgetting the fact that we were attacked by Russia. No, I'm not forgetting that at all. But that still doesn't excuse the people that don't turn out to vote. You know, I, I mean, and a large part of it is the past two Republican presidents lost the popular vote. That's right, folks. W lost it twice. Yep. Ooh. Did he lose the popular vote twice? He, as far as I know, he lost. You know, he lost it the first time, and I'm pretty sure he he will he I lost it the second time. I'm not 100 percent sure. I think in 2004 there was enough of a brouhaha about because Americans are real stupid yes, when it Americans comes to like stupid. yeah we flex our our military might and blah 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 don't change you know the the. Don't change the the four horsemen of the pop apocalypse in the middle of a you know yeah it's it American people are so God. they're rock stupid yeah they are all right well here's the other problem with this is that we have this antiquated electoral college that let's be honest was only put in place to mollify the slave states. That's all it, you know, it was there, you know, I, I, you know, and, and of course Fox News, you know, who was that idiot who showed that, that map of the country and said that, you know, this map wouldn't be enough to elect Republican president. Land doesn't vote. Rocks don't vote. Cows don't vote. I know you would love it if you could say, my cow best votes for Trump. <laughs> but guess what? Cows don't fucking count. No, they don't. So here is uh, Fox and Freaks talking about how we need, you know, it's silly to want to get rid of the electoral. It's all about, you know, it get, the electoral college is the single most undemocratic thing ever. Outside of, you know, like actual dictatorship. Because we are being held hostage to these small, minuscule states. If you, if Wyoming only, you know, if but fuck Wyoming only has one person living in it, why should their, why should but fuck Wyoming's vote count more than mine? Uh, Wyoming having three votes in the electoral college is my strongest argument why the District of Columbia, which has double the population, should also have uh, votes, and I believe it's uh, the territory of Puerto Rico. It has seven times or 
I think seven. And when I did the math, I think it was yep. seven. Anyway, here's a. Uh, but it's here's, a lot more. Here's some idiot on Fox and Freaks. A growing number of Democrats still reeling from their 2016 loss now taking aim at the Electoral College ahead of 2020. But why did the Founding Fathers feel this institution was so important and what would be the implications if suddenly Slavery. Democrats dragged it down? Well, here to explain is presidential historian Doug Weed. Doug, thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning. Hey, thank you, Ed and Jedediah. Okay, so, you know, we talk about the Electoral College. Just remind people why this exists in the first place. Why did the Founding Fathers believe this was so important? Slavery. Balance. Checks and balance. And to give everybody a vote. I mean, uh, we could have the mainstream media in Hollywood and Silicon Valley all just go to a ballroom at the Ritz-Carlton in <laughs> Santa Barbara, California, lock the doors, <laughs> pick the president, and the country would be at peace. But the people in the rest of the country get to participate Yes, they get to participate by voting. That's the way it's supposed to work. My vote is the same as Miles's vote, as the, is the same as Michelle's vote. Michelle is not trying to say Loki should be able to vote too. Loki should be able to vote for president of Mike Check Radio. That would be silly. No, he's can't. already king. He's already king of the world here. So you know. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it's just yes. You get a say. Your say is your vote. And if you're concerned that you're going to lose the popular vote, the way to fix that is to become more popular. To wit, push policies that appeal to more people. It's like, you know, I realize that I'm sure one of my right-wing friends is listening like, he sounds like a madman. Appealing to the people? You socialist. Yeah, I'm a socialist <laughs> bastard. All right, here's cut two. Doug, people just spit out their coffee all across the country. You're laying out this Hollywood elite scenario deciding all of it. Look at this map, because in all seriousness, what you're laying out is making a very serious point. That half of America lives in just 146 of the biggest counties out of 3,000 counties all across America. So weave this together in terms of what the Founding Fathers wanted in terms of balance across the country. Yeah, they wanted representation. It's a, a republic. They didn't want the minority view to be squashed. Socialism is defined by Isaiah Berlin and others. It, the reason it squashes free speech is because ultimately the speech of the community is more important than the speech of the individual. I would say that the speech of the many is more important than the speech of the few. His argument doesn't fly. It His flies really like a fly. it flies like a brick. Yeah, it has. It, he was not making a sound argument for his position. No, I mean they, but they've got their talking points, which is, you know, the electoral college gave us Trump. Trump is our god emperor, and so the electoral college can't be bad. But the I fact believe. Matter, uh, go ahead. But the fact of the matter is, again, the past two Republican presidents lost the lost the popular vote and won by the Electoral College. That's why they want it. They think if they can rig enough states permanently in their favor, they can just cakewalk. Guess what? I mean, Walker Walker's rigging of Wisconsin just went down the shitter. Thank I'm you, pretty... Judge. Thank you, Judge, whoever yeah. you are. 
I'm pretty sure the it was uh, Michael Moore when he goes on like um, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell, and he said uh, I, I've heard him say this. He said that Republicans presidents have won only one out of the last seven elections by popular vote, and I'm pretty sure that's the 2004 because Bush uh, in 2000 and Trump in 2016. Everything else has been a uh, since w, uh, George H. W. Bush has gone Democrat and uh, popular vote Democrat. Yeah, I, I'm telling you this. I'm pretty sure Wisconsin and Pennsylvania are going to flip, and if those flip, he can't win. Right. Uh, uh, the, he's going to have trouble in the Rust Belt. Um, oh, you want to see them scr- scream and cry about the uh, electoral college? Wait till Texas flips. It'll happen in our lifetimes. Well, I will say again. I, I one of the reasons why I'm hoping whoever wins the the nomination picks Beto as his running mate is. I want the Republicans to be forced to spend money in Texas again. To all you people out there, you know, you know, just shitting on him for not winning against Cruz. Okay, Cruz won by only three points in a blood blood red yes. state. Now, okay. that being said... He actually, they actually had to spend money on him. Yes, correct. And that is a wonderful thing. That being said, if Beto doesn't win the nomination, uh, if a woman wins it, she could very well pick Beto. That's but what I'm saying. I've been I, don't, hearing, I don't want Beto as president. I want him as VP. I want them I, to... I hear you. Know. you. I, ha- I haven't finished. If a one of his competing males, like Biden or Sanders, wins the nomination, I'm hearing that they have promised to have a woman VP pick, and that will eliminate Beto. I also want Texas on the playing field. I'm just pointing prob- out he, he may not get that opportunity. The pro- here's the problem with that. Okay. I, I don't oppose a woman vice president. I am looking at it as... What does Vice President Elizabeth Warren put on the table in terms of, of votes, of states? Nothing. She's not going to put, you know, whereas Beto, suddenly Texas is competitive. I can't argue that. You are correct. You know, and again, I'm not saying, oh, woman, icky. I'm not saying I get that. It. You know, I'm strategically, sa- strategically, what you're saying puts Texas on the map. Here's another. Here's a counter argument you can take for that. Uh, having a woman on the ticket fires up the the feminine vote, which already breaks for us pretty generously. I'm not saying it's not breaking for us. My, I'm going back to my original point uh, point about turnout. Fair enough. All right, let's get through this last clip real quick of this idiot on fucks and freaks. Uh, And our uh, Constitution is our law. George Washington said that the Constitution was a guide that he would never abandon. Beto O'Rourke says it's outdated. Doug, real quickly, what are the odds this could happen? (laughs) It's not going to happen. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to we're going to stop there because he says he says, you know, uh, you know, Beto O'Rourke says it's outdated. You know, it wasn't outdated when George Washington was president, you dipshit. The ink was literally still wet. Literally. Uh, I do not see the Electoral College being 
undone via a constitutional amendment. No, that's a that's a that's a hornet's nest we do not want. No, um the best there bet is, is the, a, the compact. The compact, yes. That Colorado just joined, I believe, this week. You know what again? State of Colorado. If, if your platform is so popular, Republicans, why are you scared of having to to worry about the the popular vote? Is it because you know your ideas are not, are as popular as herpes and the clap? Yeah, they they, they that's yes, they know that. You know. All right, we're gonna go to break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about uh, this this shooting in New Zealand because Limbaugh just went off the freaking deep end, man. It's a false flag, according to him. Sturdly, my brain shut down again. I hate that, man. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber. That's the end of Act One. Intermission time. Go get some snacks! Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber at Indie Media Weekly Radio. And now, on with the show. Attention, people of Earth. What's going Attention, on there? people of Earth. Do not be alarmed. Stand by for an important message. Stand by for an important message. And now, Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. Oh, please let it be fantastic. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. It's rather good, isn't it? Hey, I'm just enjoying the show. Inconceivable! I can't take it anymore! There's no need for that attitude. Don't make me go to the larder and unseal a tin whoop-ass. We came, we saw, we kicked it ass. How freaking cool is that shit? Great Scott! I reject the reality and substitute my own. Nice, right? I learned that one from you, guy. Bang it out. <laughs> we are going live. Yeah. Feel free to hang around for a while. Oh, God, this makes me happy. All right. And we are back. And joining me, as always, out of the mediocre city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the rogue DM, Dungeon Master, Mother of Cats, First Rename, etc., etc., Michelle Ligon. That is me, and I am here. Very good, very good. And also joining us out of Port St. Lucie, Florida, Mr. Mazlagon, the GM Galaxy Master. Howdy! Howdy, howdy. All right, uh, just a couple programming notes. Uh, depending on what Mr. Pick has to say, we are likely off next weekend because I have to close the store, the customer service desk at the store, and I'm the only... And the, I, there's the person who is opening cannot be at the desk you know cannot she's still training she can't run it for eight hours so i'm kind of boxed in we'll see what kenny says also tonight midnight sun may be a pre-determined playlist we're definitely doing a tri- nobu uematsu who as we all know i worship at the altar of 
uh, had his birthday this week. Happy birthday, Umetsu-san. Otanjobi omedetto! Um, and we're going to do a tribute to him because, God, that man is good, Michelle, when it comes to when it comes to composing for video games. That man is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I liked all the music he's done and things like that. I mean, his other tastes may be questionable, but hey. <laughs> but wait, 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 no, I'm I'm serious. What do you mean? I, I, no, I, it's okay. It's all right. I, all I no, know I, is he's I, a fan. I, I like I like his comp- I like his composing. I, I mean, I, I know he's a fan of Deep Purple. That's about it. You know, like uh, so, he's a fan of a lot of those classic uh, rock groups. Yeah, well, that's not bad. I like classic rock. Actually, so. I like all all um, all most every type of music. But yeah. but yeah, so we're definitely doing a tribute to uh, Uematsu today. It's just uh, my sister, my younger sister's home from college, and we I may take her to see Captain Marvel. It's an important movie for for a young woman to see. I I feel. Yeah. So it may be pre predetermined playlist tonight. Anywho, let's let's get to this because I don't even know where to start. So of course the NRA, because you know, New Zealand gives a duck fuck about what they what the NRA thinks, right, guys? Um, with, <laughs> had this to say, yeah, I, I I know, I hear you. Here here is I don't even know this guy's name, but uh, I would like to ask him. You know, uh, how's your coffee? You know. You know, again, because the NRA is so poor, everyone has to buy their own coffee now. Ha ha! I never provided coffee for my underlings. Wait, wait. Do you guys prefer underlings or minions? That's a good question. What do you prefer, dear? Um... You know, Queen Emperor. Well, you know, the, I'm leaning towards minions. Yeah. yeah. We'll see what Kenny says. Right, anyway, so here he is again because New Zealand cares about what the NRA thinks. Here he is ranting and raving about how the solution to this problem is more guns. It is amazing the calls for gun control that occur just moments after the shooting unfolds. So if the shooting in New Zealand teaches us anything. It should teach us that our soft targets need to be fortified. I'm saddened by the stark reality that the absolute evil exists in the world. That there are people in this world so deranged they'll kill 50 people because they don't like the way they look or what they believe in. The left will use the New Zealand massacre to push for more gun laws. We see it already. Which brings us to why. The well-intentioned but confused left wants to shirk individual responsibility for their own safety and security and hand it off solely to law enforcement. Yes, because that's what normal people do. They don't think they're Rambo. They don't, They, you know, their sense of being doesn't depend on having an artificial cock in their hands that goes boom. Yeah, they are, they are, they are panicking. I, I see this as the the standard opposition of the the, the right, you know, when uh, when there's a mass shooting. But the difference is, 
They're not in charge over in New Zealand. No, no, they are not. And kudos to New Zealand for doing the, you know, smart thing and banning the assault weapons. Jeez, and it, it, they didn't, it, Michelle, it's like they didn't even want to consider the power of thoughts and prayers. Well, yeah, but if if um if if I were to phrase it in a way that the how a right wing gun nut would think, I would say that the right wants people to be able to commit mass murders on or on 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 uh, um a fairly uh, uh frequent uh stage. They want people to be able to shoot other people to death. There you go. That's how. That's how the. That's how somebody who turns who's speaking like they do would sound if they were speaking from our side. But we don't do that. <laughs> Did I make any sense? Yeah, you made perfect sense. Okay. okay. Excellent. Excellent. Um. And I and I agree with you. I agree with you. Um. I can, use, I can use hyperbole just as well as they do. I just choose not to, and because bully it, for it, it's you. too wide. It's too wide of a spray, and it hits everybody. And I, I don't like doing that. Well, and I appreciate the the sentiment. All right, let's get to cut two. Those who are part of the devious left will use tragedy to snatch your rights, and it has nothing to do with safety and everything to do with an ultimate quest for government-centered power. Either way, more gun laws make us less safe. That is a fact. Instead of relying solely on police to keep us safe, we must rely on ourselves first, using police as the cavalry. Can we at least hold off an evil killer, minimize the carnage until police arrive? That is up to us. We now know all too well what soft targets are. Sadly, They've been and continue to be targets by killers. Churches, synagogues, and yes, mosques and schools and concerts too. An armed killer will always have the upper hand over an unarmed group no matter how large. Every religious institution, every school needs to have a plan. And sadly, I believe they need armed security too. Those armed sheepdogs are there to watch over the flock to protect them without the armed good guy. The innocent are left at the mercy of the evildoer. And that is never a spot I want to be in. Oh, my God. What a massive douche. And that's not sarcasm. I think he's a, I think he's a douche. Did you hear, can you hear the desperation? Yeah. Please, me, oh, me, please, me, don't me, 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 take me, away me, me, our me. guns. Please don't take away my artificial penis. I need it to feel like a man. I, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's pathetic. But that's why I expect, you know, but you know, that's pathetic. But you know what's crazy? What's that? Thinking... The shooting was a black flag. Right. Which is what, uh, 
what our dear friend uh, Mr. Uh, Lim Limbaugh says. Here's cut one. 49 people dead, many more wounded in a terror attack in New Zealand, ostensibly by, and according to Fox News, the graphic at the bottom of the Fox News page moments ago said, a white nationalist who hates immigrants performed the dirty deed in New Zealand. Now, the terrorist had published a manifesto. And the manifesto uh, includes the claim from the terrorist shooter that he's not a conservative, that he's not a Christian, that he identifies as an eco-fascist, and he adds that he disagrees with Trump on politics. This is an amazing list of things to put in your manifesto. It, it indicates an awareness of how media is going to tend to report this. And of course, media is reporting this, that it is precisely the fault of Donald Trump. Uh, and there's a reason why, because in this manifesto, he said he was inspired by Donald Trump. Yep. You know, have you ever noticed they whine if we don't take them at their word? They whine like little children if we don't believe them. And then when we believe them, they whine like little children. Yeah. And your evil twin is like, oh, no, it's not. He's not. He doesn't think Nazis are good people. <laughs> the Nazis think he is. Yeah, I mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to uh, cut two. We go to audio soundbite number four. Last night, CNN tonight with Don Lemon. Trump was blamed immediately for the new uh, the uh, the new New Zealand shooting. Columnist for the Intercept, which is a uh, a website, Mehdi Hassan about the mosque shooting in New Zealand. Don Lemon said, "You said before that this kind of thing is personal to you, and that it speaks to the violence that it's going on in our culture." I think uh, to kind of talk about the story we were talking about before in terms of Trump's rhetoric as well. Western governments for far too long have turned a blind eye to domestic terrorism, to domestic far-right terrorism. We now know from the stats here in the U.S. that there are more attacks, more casualties from domestic terrorist groups, far-right groups, than there are from quote-unquote jihadist or Islamist groups. You have Muslim victims of terrorism tonight in New Zealand. Um, I mentioned the attack in Quebec City shortly after Trump was inaugurated. Is there someone out there tonight who's going to hear Trump's rhetoric and act on it? Less than six months ago, we know one of his big supporters sent pipe bombs in the mail to dozens of people who Trump had personally attacked and demonized. We know that lots of far-right attackers have claimed to be Trump supporters in recent months. No, we don't know that. Yes, we do! This is all made up, so we don't no, know No, it this. isn't. This is, this is their pipe dream. The idea Ex that there is far more crazed right-wing terrorism in America than there is any other kind is nothing more than a media narrative manufactured out of whole cloth. And it's just waiting for events like this to uh, to take place. Well, you know, I, I, while I was cutting this audio this afternoon after work, I decided to, you know, do some research real quick. And I found some very interesting numbers, Miles. Do tell. Uh, according to uh, Quartz. 
they did uh, attackers and U.S. terror incidents in 2017. And uh, of those, uh, let's see, 37, there were 65 incidents in 2017. Of those 65, 37 were by right-leaning associates, by conservatives. 11 of those were by left-leaning people, and I would say that number is probably questionable. Now, Michelle, I'm no math expert, but I feel secure in saying that uh, 37 is bigger than 11. As a former banker, do you have any thoughts about that conclusion? Yes, but that still proves that both sides do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I, hate that. I mean, yes, there are people on both sides that have committed atrocities. Yes. However, the, the, the significantly higher number is on one specific side. Yeah. Math Over, shows that. Yes, <laughs> the, this, this, is not, this is not something that can be debated. These are hard numbers. These are hard numbers. Over half of the US, of the domestic terror incidents in 2017 were by conservatives. Probably shrieking, Heil Trump! At the top of their lungs while, while you know, doing the Nazi salute. As they did it. So, yes, Rush, we do know that. Yes, it does happen. The vast majority of domestic terror is perpetuated by Billy Bob Joe Bob, who listens to the Rush Limbaugh show. And who fucks his sister. Because I have to go for the, you know, the stereotypes of the ignorant southerner. Stereotypes exist for a reason. Tone it down. Just a tad. Just a tad. Deep breaths. <sighs> Hormone breathing. Yeah. Hormone breathing. Hey, the Shinto thing. Do the Shinto thing. <laughs> wait, wait, I got a drop for this. Do the thing. My hormone is is back. All right, I, I, all right, all right. So let's get to uh, cut the cut the. I... And this is what happens, folks. When the, I don't know, you probably get up and you see this news story, and you just, in addition to all of the emotion you have over the sheer shock, terror, and horror of it all, then you realize you're going to face a whole day of the politicization of it. You realize you're going to face a whole day of Donald Trump being blamed for it, or you being blamed for it, or things you believe in being blamed for it. And then you know they're going to be the routine attacks on the National Rifle Association, and we can thank Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez for opening that door. All right. I don't know if you guys knew this, but... After the, the Gingrich Revolution, Rush was made an honorary member of Congress and getting some sort of medal. After hearing this, I think Nancy Pelosi should not only revoke that award, but beat him to death with it. Club him like a baby fur seal. Not that I encourage clubbing baby fur seals. But I am so sick of his bullshit. It is that. Ocasio Cortez. He thinks he's being clever. All right. Let me bottom line this for you stupid conservatives out there. 
If you think you're being clever, you're not being clever. Cleverness, cleverness is beyond your mental capacity. Try something closer to your to your intellect, like tiddlywinks. Back to the clip. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez called out the NRA after New Zealand shootings. What good are your thoughts and prayers, she said. It's a tradition when things like this happen that you send thoughts and prayers to the families and so forth. And here she is. What good's that? That doesn't do anybody any good. Dana Lash, the spokeswoman for the NRA, responded to the criticism from Ocasio-Cortez. She replied, good grief, to a tweet which accused Ocasio-Cortez of being hypocritical for attacking those who pray after previously putting ash on her forehead for Ash Wednesday. You... Uh, does anyone want to explain this to him? Because I got I've got a massive headache right behind my eye. Yeah, it's not. not it, it's it's. What's the uh, saying by um, Einstein? Those that continue to repeat actions, hoping for a different result, the definition yes, yes, of insanity. Yes. To repeat, to yeah. repeat, yeah, yeah, it's the, yeah, surely yeah. a sign of madness. Yeah, Rush, well, now, we've, we've known for a long time Rush is mad. And not mad as an angry mad as in, he is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs! I can understand, you know, person people being in a desperate situation and having no recourse other than to resort to prayers. For example, say a child has gone missing or you're suffering from a medical, a terminal medical malady for which you don't know any other way or you can't afford or whatever. But I can understand resorting to prayer, you know, uh, but this just keeps happening over and over and over. And apparently, now, I'm no authority on this. I'm just looking at the end result. But uh, uh, from what I'm seeing, the prayers of the mass shooters carry more weight because they keep happening. We keep having mass shootings. Well, at that and Miles... My apologies for the total a, blasphemy of that statement, but I'm just saying. No, no. It's also a scientific fact that lead weighs a lot more than thoughts and prayers. Therefore, more weight. Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. Cut the... Cut the... Four. Now, folks, when a politician politicizes and mocks faith. I think that it speaks volumes about that politician. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez attacked faith and prayer after people of faith who were in a house of prayer were brutally murdered. Which, which to me is just immature, childish, short-sighted, heartless. And so she takes here a horrific attack in New Zealand to try to demonize the NRA, which isn't even in New Zealand. The shooter's objective here was to divide. I mean, there's another thing that happens here when these events happen. You have uh, all kinds of speculation that erupts. Okay. 
Uh, no, you're right. The NRA isn't in New Zealand. They just make sure New Zealand, you know, stuff like what happened in New Zealand can happen here by fighting for... Well, he said it was a red flag and it didn't happen. Now he's saying it did happen? Well, he hasn't, just needs... he, has, he hasn't gotten that part yet. Oh, come on. This is the, the shit icing on the shit cake. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Proceed. Alright, last cut. Where he gets really disgusting. And there is an ongoing theory. Mr. Snurdley, correct me if I'm wrong about this. There's an ongoing theory that the shooter himself may in fact be a leftist who writes the manifesto and then goes out and performs the deed purposely to smear his political enemies, knowing he's gonna gonna get shot in the process and and you I you know, you just can't you can't immediately discount this. Yes you can. Sure. Sure. I would. So from now on, every time a liberal does something, we can say, well, you know, false flag! He was probably a conservative plant. Thanks thanks for this new toy, Rush. I will use it. I will play with it gleefully the next time someone decides to do something crazy to you. Because, as we all know, I love new toys. All right, we're at the bottom of the hour. I'm sure that's a relief to Miles Michelle. We'll be coming back in a few moments. And uh, like I said earlier, Hayao Miyazaki ended up on my radar this week in a very bad way. What's he famous for? Uh, Studio Ghibli. Princess Mononoke. Oh, okay. That Castle I know. In the, Castle in the Sky, Nasca. You know, yeah. that <laughs> Miyazaki. Okay. Yes. I mean, please tell me at least know who Akira Kurosawa was. No. What? Okay, Michelle? I'm not. No. No. Whatever what? beef you have with him, it's you. No, 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 no. I want, I want a favor. Don't I want give a favor. me something else to do, please. <laughs> please, give, please. All right, Miles. I want you to do. I want you to do something for me when you get the chance. We're in the middle of watching the Dragon Prince. I am sorry, our our palate is full. After the Dragon Prince. Wait, how far in the Dragon Prince are you two? Uh, pretty er pretty early. I think fourth. The fourth. Uh, nice. We only watched four, or maybe five. That was the one. They've already got the egg. Yeah. Oh, they fought the big catfish in the lake. Oh yes, poor bait, poor bait. Hey, right. my 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 favorite character so far is the aunt. I love her. Oh yeah. I think she's a very unique character. If Amaya dies, we riot. <laughs> all right. I can see look. Michelle making a character based on that already. Although she did right. make a mute uh, spear spear wielder. All right, uh, Miles. When you when your when your plate is clear, this is what I want you to try and do. I want Princess you to Mononoke. No, that's I, no. Well, yes, but first I want you to find a copy of Rashomon by Akira Kurosawa and watch that. It's an ama It's an amazing film. 
Seven Samurai is great. I'm not bashing Seven Samurai, but it's uh, the long... anime Seven Samurai or the no, movie that, Seven Samurai. The, the movie. Wait, I'm thinking of the Seven Deadly Sins. Oh, yeah, Seven Deadly Seven Deadly Sins is fun too, but Meliodas is a total perv. Uh, <laughs> cartoon kid. It's hard to find a, a person in anime that doesn't have the flaw. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But no, Rashomon is a great film. It's it's easy to digest. It's like uh, maybe ninety minutes. It was one of his first films. Uh, it's just that it's not that S- the Seven Samurai is a bad movie. It's just it's a longer movie. It's it's a bit deeper. And so I always tell people, if you want to watch, if it's your first Kurosawa film, Rashomon. It's a great film. Miles, you've seen Seven Samurai. Yes, Haven't I have. Haven't you? Yes. The movie? So, yeah. The movie? Yeah. Then, you've seen seen an Ak- okay. then you've seen an Akira Kurosawa film. Okay. <laughs> Did you wish to uh, go to break? Yeah, we're going to break as soon as I do, as soon as I do the thing. Do the thing. I don't know. I don't know the thing I'm trying to do. There we go. We'll we'll do that. Uh, any requests for what we want to listen to during break? Something from Abba. We'll do. <laughs> we'll do Tunnel Road. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber. Living proof that you don't have to be crazy to host this show, but it helps. <laughs> Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Thank you. 
shipyard. No one tries to keep up with Mr. Jones. Work hard all day. Now it's time to unload when the sun goes down from the road. Work hard all day. Now it's time to unload when the sun goes down from the road. Hi, this is Tim Coromall from The Tim Coromall Show, and you are listening to IndieMediaWeekly.com. Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. Listen to Paul's Memory Bank live every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. Your DJ, Paul, will serve up a mix of classic rock, pop, and novelty music all tied together with a weekly theme. That's Paul's Memory Bank, every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on Indie Media Weekly. Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. Light out everybody. Every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Indie Media Weekly presents the Sci-Fi Double Feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre. The Sci-Fi Double Feature, every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. Hi, I'm Tim Cormall, host of The Tim Cormall Show. And I'm Joe Santorsa, co-host and head mechanic of The Clown Car Garage. Each week, our guests join a roundtable discussion of the political news of the week and peek into the GOP circus tent. And of course, no circus is complete without clowns. And each week, I inspect the clown car to see what obnoxious fumes they have been spreading all around the country. So join us each week. Admission is free, but just one word of caution. If you see the GOP clown car, get out of the way. They're terrible drivers. Hey, Joe, what was that? Uh, I think we just lost another clown car. Tune in for the Tim Coromall Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio, Mondays and Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio. IndieMediaWeekly.com Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber. You're looking at a being so powerful he can obliterate over half the moon in seconds. So fast he's been clocked at Mach 20. A world where he's allowed to live is a world waiting to be destroyed. Plain and simple. He makes it all sound so grim, doesn't he? Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber at Indie Media Weekly Radio. And we are back. And actually, it's Mach Point twenty. Anyway, joining me as always out of the mediocre city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the GM Galaxy Master, Mr. Miles Lagan. Hey. 
Hello, hello, hello. And also joining us out of the mediocre city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the Rogue DM Dungeon Master, Mother of Cats, etc., etc., Michelle Legon. That's me. And, <coughs> excuse me. And finally, out of Cleveland, <laughs> Ohio. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> I don't know anymore. Finally, out of Cleveland, Ohio, <laughs> Mr. Kenny Pick. Yes, I'm here. Hello, everyone. So, uh, so it must have been a riveting conversation. I, I, you guys are uh, you kept me you kept a turkey in suspense. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Okay. Anyhow, no uh, good news, everyone. Midnight Sun will will be a re- re- you know regular. Well, we're still doing our salute to Nobu Uematsu, uh, but I will be home because we decided uh, Nicole will go see Captain Marvel with her friends uh, next week. So there we go. Uh, but we do have the, uh, another, uh, anywho, uh, hi, Kenny. How's it going, everybody? Okay, okay. We are good. Are you, are you ready, are you ready for the, uh, Steve Bloom interview at the, at the top of next hour? Sure, yeah, absolutely. I've, uh, I've also, I've had a very productive day today. Oh, do Well, tell. not, re- not really, uh, uh, nerd-wise, very productive day. A while ago, I purchased a for for next to nothing. I purchased a lot of vintage Mego figures. Get out of town, Kenny and Migos. And I I got uh, there was a Batman and a Robin from 1974 on the Type Two Mego bodies, which are highly desirable. And they both had a missing leg. Each one had a missing right leg. One had a missing left leg. Well, I have pieces parts at the wazoo. And today I was able to replace the broken legs, and now I've got a couple really pristine figures, and I'm giving them uh, uh, repro outfits made by uh, Figures Toy Company. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm dressing Batman and Robin as we speak. Very, oh, good, very cool. Good. I'll get a picture of them for you guys and uh, put it in the chat room later. Very I also good. got a uh, a gorilla uh, soldier. And thanks to Miles, um, with the uh, recommendation of the JB Quickweld, um, I have fixed yet another broken limb on a Type 1 Mego body. Uh, um, and the Type 1s had a habit of snapping at the at the joint. And these things I can't just get another leg for because the bodies are brown and then they have like the metal uh, rivets instead of the plastic pins So for, for the joints. So... I, I fixed the leg, and uh, a while ago I did uh, some dyeing, and I had a jumpsuit from Action Jackson, a light blue jumpsuit, and I dyed it red. And I'm turning this gorilla into one of the servant gorillas that revolted in conquest of the plant, Planet of the Apes, and he's oh. looking really cool. So they had the the red jumpsuits, and I, I can't really tell what they were wearing on their feet. I'd have to watch the movie again, but from pictures on the internet, I can't really tell. But I just gave him some black boots that I had. So really super simple custom to, to add something fun to my Planet of the Apes collection. Oh, very very cool. I wish we and could say that we were doing something equally as geeky, but while the weather holds and we still have some cool weather down here, we're trying to get our patio back into shape. So. Oh, yeah. Understood. <laughs> understood. Oh, well, I'll tell you, it wasn't all uh, sunshine and lollipops for me, though, because I, uh, when I, I was actually restringing a, a figure, too. And well, I was using a small crochet hook, and I jammed it under my thumbnail and started bleeding. Oh, oh, yeah. that's always fun. 
Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> a little blunt trauma to your nails there. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, fuck. <laughs> so yeah. But I'm better now. There's a band-aid and some neosporin on it. Well, that's good. I'm glad I, I... Alright. I'm I I didn't bleed out. Good, good, good. We were like, Kenny! Kenny! <laughs> Susan fortunately was here to uh administer first aid. Very good, very good. Alright. Uh, so yeah, just a reminder, if you're listening, we will be running the wonderful interview with Steve Bloom, voice acting legend Steve Bloom, starting at the top of the hour. Uh, but first, I, I, I something, I, this has been bothering me. Um, because you all know I have, for the longest time, defended Hayao Miyazaki. I feel he was cheated you know early of rec- of deserved recognition early in his career it should not have taken him 25 years to win an oscar for his work i'm not saying spirit away is a bad film it's a beautiful film but if anything he should have won for princess mononoke i've said mm-hmm. consist- i've said consistently i feel that there's a lot of anti-japan bias in the academy um, and you know, again, Akira Kurosawa, one of the one of the greatest filmmakers ever, never won an Oscar. Never. Okay, and I feel that again, you know, I think that's indication of some sort of bias against Japan. And again, it's a, the Academy is a bunch of old white people, you know. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were still like, uh, they were, you know, the war, the, the World War Two. You know? <laughs> no. But this strikes me as biting the hand that feeds because, well, first of all, his one of his unforgivable sins is he apparently doesn't like Indiana Jones and the Lord of the Rings. <gasps> I know. Big, big I know. Deal. What? Well, it is a big yeah. deal. No, people can have opinions, can't they? Yes, I'm not a big this- fan of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. This is his reasoning. Okay. This is uh, a, a, an interview from a few years back. Uh, but uh, he said, quote, Americans shoot things and they blow up in the like. So as you'd expect, they make movies like that. If someone is the enemy, it's okay to kill endless numbers of them. Lord of the Rings is like that. If it's the enemy, there's killing without separation between civilians and soldiers. That falls within collateral collateral damage. How many people are being killed in attacks in Afghanistan? The Lord of the Rings is a movie that has no problem doing that, not separating civilians from enemies, apparently. If you read the original work, you'll understand, but in reality, the ones who are being killed are Asians and Africans. Those who don't know that, yet they say, yet they say, say they love fantasy, are idiots. Okay. Pretty sure there were no civilians in Mordor. Hmm. You can make the case that maybe Gollum was a civilian uh, casualty of the ring. But again, I I don't think he's watched these movies. I don't think he's read the books because Tolkien was not what you would call a warhawk. The War of the Ring was necessary, not welcome. You got to remember, Tolkien was a veteran of, you know, what was back then called the Great War. Um, 
And, and you know, again, even in the he goes on to say, even in the Indiana Jones movie, there's a white guy who bang shoots people, right? No, Indiana Jones well. shoots. Hold on. <laughs> Thank you. Indiana Jones shoots exactly one guy in Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, with the guy with the sword who was showing off. Uh, I know. Okay. That's what I was going to mention. That's the only time he did that. The other times, it was in self-defense. And, you know, he didn't shoot anyone else in the first movie. In the second, in the third movie, he was shooting, you know, Nazis to save his father. You know, remember dad? With their dad, own gun. With their own gun. Okay. Japanese people who go along and enjoy with that are unbelievably embarrassing. You were the ones that, bang, get shot. There, there were no Japanese people shot in Indiana Jones. What movie did this man watch? I don't know. There's, he said, goes on to say, you uh, watching these movies without any self-awareness is unbelievable. There's no pride, no historical perspective. You don't know how you were viewed by a country like America. Kenny, you know this. I have a great deal of respect for the for the Japanese culture and the Japanese people. I tried to learn their language for five years. Well, if that was true, Adam, you would re renounce Indiana Jones. I will never renounce Indiana Jones, <laughs> just like I will never renounce Ghostbusters. Oh, what's is he gonna is he gonna come on and say Ghostbusters is disrespectful to the ancestors or something? Because oh, they're capturing ghosts. Oh, how uh, ghosts have rights too. Um, and then he went on to say, well, I guess this is a little older than this interview. He he once said, "I dislike the United States that dropped the nuclear bombs and does not regret it." Oh. We we do regret it. I yeah. Uh, he added that not he was, everyone, I, but he does. Yeah, all right, go ahead. He was against, He's against Americanization, and quote hated people who were proud that cheap Japanese cars are popular in America. And I look at people who wear badges of the U.S. Army and U.S. Air Force that fill Vietnam with dioxins as enemies. And this is what set me off because I look. I understand that not everyone shares my taste in movies. I get it. Kenny thought I was crazy because I went to see Ghostbusters three times when it was in theaters. And when, when was that, Kenny? 2011? Oh, I don't even know. It was a long time ago. <laughs> but I was excited to be able to see Ghostbusters in a movie theater for the first time. Well, mm. for the first three times. <laughs> but... He forgets one thing. Look, yes, the you know the bombings, the, the nuclear bombs. You know we're not going to relitigate that. Um, you know maybe if Hirohito had you know surrendered, it wouldn't have had to go to that. But we're not like I said, we're not going to relitigate that. But he neglects one thing, and that is this: the reason why Japan is not a Chinese colony now is because of those people wearing the uniform in the United States of America he considers enemies. Because the SDF is not powerful enough to repel an invasion by China. Well, that that's part of the... Well, no, no, they aren't. And China and China, Chinese, the Chinese and the Japanese do, do not get along. 
Well, and China, <laughs> China you know, Jap, Jap Japan was a bunch of. Yeah. 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 Japan yeah. was a dick first. They were very yes. militaristic. And he's, they he's... really did a lot of damage to places. And, and, you know. uh, I mean, I appreciate the anti-war stance, but yes. to, to uh, say that Japan has, has clean hands, come on. No, and I appreciate, you know, if you watch any of his films, especially Grave of the Fireflies, it's pretty clear he's anti-war. And I completely respect that stance. It's respectful. Is- respectful respectful stance to have but is he like in his 70s or 80s now oh he's got to be pushing 80 let me yeah see. so he's still he's he's still carrying some pain he is yeah. yeah but my point is again he is 78 years old <clears throat> my point is japan is free today because of that presence he considers an enemy presence Japan okay. was ready to surrender. They were delaying trying to get a better deal with Russia, and America wasn't about to let Russia into the war, because then you would have had Japan split, just like Germany was split. So America pushed it with the bombs, and that's how it went down. But had the bombs not been used, had it been delayed, and Russia got to get some skin in the game, as it were, and they got to get a seat at the table... You would have had families, Japanese families, separated across an iron curtain across the middle of Japan. Yeah. Just like you have. Yeah. And, and, you know, Mr. Hayazaki probably wouldn't have the career he had. Nope. He's he's had an amazing career, and it's sad to see him just, like I said, again, my point is uh, that that presence in Japan and in Okinawa is what keeps Japan or keeps Japan safe. Because China isn't going to pick a fight with us because they, even though they spent... What is that? What is what? Someone's doing something. This? Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's my it's my uh, little plastic dumpster that I store things in. Okay. Even even though, you know, China China's military is not as great as they think it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course China was able to take Tibet... A country of peaceful Buddhists who don't believe in war with their crappy military, but they can't compete with us. And China knows it. So they don't try. But they've made, you know, there are elements in the, in the Chinese government that say, we want Japan. We should have Japan because they were once a tributary to the great Chinese empire. And he, Hayazaki, Miyazaki should be on his hands and knees shouting gratitude for those people wearing the American uniform. Because of them, he is able to live free. Well, you sure told him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not listening. <laughs> but I still had to say it because, again, I've defended him countless times before. He really was cheated. And I feel like, you know, I've gone to bat for him and for him to insult the, the United States military. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That dog will not hunt. Here's the deal. He is uh, from a different era. He sounds like he's kind of a crotchety old man. A lot of artists uh, do get a little crotchety in their uh, later years. 
And, uh, you know, I wouldn't put too much into it because, uh, you know, yeah, he has this opinion uh, and, and he's entitled to it. Yeah, he's he is entitled to it because you know again you know the pain of Hiroshima. Um, you know there are uh, the people of his generation. Um, they they don't have a lot of fucks to give for Americans, and I understand where you're coming from on, you know you know he should be thankful for you know what we did here and there. Um, but uh, some people don't care about that stuff. Some people are, 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 you know, they're they're set in their ways, and they're like, you know what, we could have done it without them. Maybe, maybe not. But you know, uh, I, I think there's a fierce independent streak in a lot of uh, 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 older generations in Japan. Uh, very anti, you know, not anti-Western per se, but you know, the very much pro. Japanese culture so I, I don't I wouldn't be too offended and I, I you know I think somebody of his generation should be spared the riot act for you know because you know it's like I mean he's he's crotchety and old and opinionated we got people like that here too so well, that, that is true so that's all I got Fair enough. All right, so who's ready for the uh, interview with Steve Enemy with voice acting legend Steve Bloom? I'm good. I would love to yep. hear it. It's gonna be neat. So been uh, it's been uh, months in the making. Okay, you guys have made your point. I was terrible. <laughs> no, for that I'm not trying to be an. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just saying it's you know it's it's a long time coming. So let's do it. Let's have fun. This is this interview is probably going to be my magnum opus. Oh, well. Whereas Trump is America's magnum dopus. There we go. Magnum opus is that when Magnum PI meets Opus from uh, Bloom County? Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Oh, and Kenny, I don't know if you heard. I got a couple new uh, new drops. This one, this one's good. I think we get a lot of use on this one. Are you going to do the thing? I'm going to do the thing. You're doing the thing. I'm doing the thing. <laughs> Very nice. And uh, this one could be useful. Actually, I did mean to be an asshole. How'd I do? On a scale? <laughs> What's the scale? Oh, hold on. I accidentally, I, my fingers. Actually, I did mean to be an asshole. How'd I do? On a scale of one to Scanlan, that was a solid six. There you go. All right. We'll be right back after this with the interview with voice acting legend and Guinness world record holder, Steve Bloom. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. And I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I think he's like the thing. He only imitates human behavior. He's not actually human himself. Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
And now, on with the show. Attention, people of Earth. What's going Attention, on there? people of Earth. Do not be alarmed. Stand by for an important message. Stand by for an important message. And now, Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. Oh, please let it be fantastic. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. It's rather good, isn't it? Hey, I'm just enjoying the show. Inconceivable. I can't take it anymore. There's no need for that attitude. Don't make me go to the larder and unseal a tin of whoop ass. We came, we saw, we kicked it ass. How freaking cool is that shit? Great Scott. I reject your reality and substitute my own. Nice, right? I learned that one from you, guy. Bang it out. <laughs> we are going live. Yeah. Feel free to hang around for a while. Oh, God, this makes me happy. All right. And we are back. We are going to do this thing. Join me, as always, uh, the mediocre city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the rogue DM, dungeon master, mother of cats, first renamed Michelle Legon. Yes, I am here. And also joining us out of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the GM, Galaxy Master, Mr. Miles Legon. Hey, hey. And finally out of Cleveland, Ohio, Mr. Kenny Pick. Good day, sir. Good day to you. Good evening. Good evening. Good, good, e- good evening. All right. So, as, well, so, we're, re- we're ready to do this. This is very exciting. Uh, so, as you all will remember, back in, wow, it's September. That's been a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to AWA, and uh, Miles and Michelle were gracious, gracious enough to join me, and we had a delightful time. Uh time of my life and i had the privilege of interviewing five amazing people including one steve bloom now if you've watched anime within the past 20 years you've heard his voice at least once i guarantee it now he's kind of branched out into into animation in general and good on him but uh for me he'll he'll pretty much always be spike spiegel and cowboy bebop um, not to mention a lot of video games. Oh yes, voiceovers for yes. Yeah. yeah, we got that. And like I said, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if he's ever. You know, I wish I could. I've. You know what? I'm a student. Maybe I'll ask him. I said, "Have you t- have you shared that story with anyone else before? Because we may have an exclusive here." Uh, so, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the long-awaited interview with voice acting legend Steve Bloom. Cut one. Okay, thank you. Here's my business card. I, I know you. I introduced myself briefly yesterday, but I am Adam Ebert. I do my chick radio uh, for any Media Weekly Radio, and uh, we do a combination of political talk and nerd talk. And since it's an con, obviously we're here to talk about pop. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, we've been doing this for a couple of years. It's a lot of fun. And when I saw, you know, when I saw you were coming, I was like, I told him, I said, we are getting an interview with Steve freaking Blum. If it kills me, and it turns out we got an interview with you. So, well, thank thanks you. you. Thank you for AWA. Uh, and I want to say that 
thankfully, I didn't have to die to get this interview. So, another plus! Yes. So, alright, back to the... Um, well, thank you to AWA, I probably should say. Um, one thing I do... Right. Uh, this, is my, this is my... Uh, uh, Wingman. Yeah, my wingman. Sure, wingman, yes. Um, this is Miles Lagan. Uh, he's joined me this year. Hi. Thank you for um, and one thing I do at the start is this, you know, go through some of your more famous roles. That way people might say, I don't know the name, but I know the voice. You know what I'm saying? Great. Um, so, of course, Spike Spiegel's Cowboy Bebop. That's probably one of your most seminal roles, I would think. One yeah, thing, you know. that's the one where I didn't have to change my voice up too much. I just had to change the attitude and uh, pretend yeah. I'm badass. Well, I can say I can say very badass. Um, Starscream from Transformers, the, yeah. some of the newer iterations. And as I said with Mary, I'm playing favorites. I'm a huge fan of RPGs, and you were Gale and Avatar Junior, which I loved. Oh, I love that game. I love well those games, but it's like they actually took Cannibals and made it into a coherent plot. I was like, okay, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, so. just like home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, guess. My wife really enjoyed <laughs> the ESO uh, Elder Scrolls, but yeah, that roguish, uh, oh, lady yeah. killer uh, character. I can't even remember. Oh, God, I don't know. We've recorded so many different characters for that. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not a gamer either, so I have no idea how they flesh oh, out the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. Like I said, I'm mostly an RPG guy, but I do play a lot of... I do play Fires on occasion. All right. So, yeah. Spike Spiegel, Starscream. And I just want to point out, I didn't ask him to do any of these voices. You know, I would never, you know... I would never, you know, sure. never... At, you know, you don't so want to be that guy. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy. So he, you know, you know, doing doing Starscream for us. But yeah, he's he's he was really nice, and he's got so many great roles. And again, I didn't even scratch the surface. That was like my to me his greatest hits: Starscream, Spike Spiegel, uh, Gale, and Avatar Tuner. Again, because they took Cannibalism made it into a coherent plot point. Well, then, and it was an amazing game. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, you know. Just look up on Internet Movie da- Database, and you'll see just how this guy's been at it for 30 years. All right, so now we get to the first part of his story about getting into the Guinness Book of World Records. I kind of just jumped into the pool because I was like, there's got to be a story here, Miles. we got to ask him. So I, uh, here we go. But um, So first of all, I'm a, uh, we're, we got some some related to voice acting in general and some questions that are more tailored to you. Okay. And I'm going to do something different. I'm going to start with one that's tailored to you because you're in the Guinness Book of World Records. And I'm generally curious, what was it like finding out that you were going to be in it? I mean, for, uh, for um, it's most video game roles, correct? Or something, yeah, something most similar. Most characters in video games, okay. something like that. Yeah. It was, uh, in, in a word, anticlimactic. It was, oh, it, no, it was it was really strange. It was it was strange. Um, the Guinness people are really nice. They're amazing. They the uh, when I found out about it, they actually they do their due diligence. They wanted to make sure that everything was correct because they they got their basic information from from IMDb. But I actually had to go through every single uh, character in IMDb with my agent. It took like three or four months to do that, uh, just to verify that sure. that yeah, they sure. were correct. And, and like I was saying, I'm not a gamer, so many times I'm working under NDAs, and the and the games are code named. Some of the characters are even code names, so I don't know how they end up showing up out there in the world. And so we actually had to research them and, and verify that they were in fact uh, the correct uh, listings for them. I still don't know if the number was correct, so that took a lot of time. And then finally, they came to meet me uh, to present the award once uh, everything was set. They had to write uh, a number that they were comfortable with. 
they, they came out to meet me and it was during um, E3 uh, gaming conference and uh, they were coming into town from England they were going to be doing most of their stuff at E3 and they wanted to know if they could present me present the award to me at E3 I couldn't get a ticket <laughs> I couldn't get a ticket you to couldn't E3. get yeah, because it's not a convention that I normally go to, and E3 really didn't have many guests at that time, voice acting guests. It was mostly uh, industry and developers and that sort of thing. Uh, so I, I, I didn't have a ticket to get in, and uh, so we had to come up with a plan B for it. Yeah, so again, Steve Bloom couldn't get a ticket to E3. What? That, that's kind of funny. You know, <laughs> it is. I would be like, why didn't you say, don't you know who I am? That, that's why isn't that why people become famous so you can say that I thought so yeah I, I'm pretty sure that was the first thing on Steve Bloom's mind you know like you know I'm going to tell them who I am and I'm going to get a ticket no I don't think he's that type of guy at all <laughs> no alright so next next continue, continuing and concluding I think that's continuing the story yeah here we go uh, the Guinness Book of World Records story. And at the time, I was finishing Legend of Korra uh, over at Nickelodeon. As a mom. And as a mom, yeah. And so I asked uh, if we could do the presentation there at the studio. He was only in town for uh, a day, and he had to go over to E3. And so he goes, well, sure, I can meet you there if we can clear a little space at the studio. And so they said, well, sure, actually, you're booked for this amount of time for your, your session, but we'll actually give you the whole studio, and you can do... The presentation there they can videotape it they can take pictures it'll be really nice so we get there and they're running overtime by an hour and a half oh. with somebody else who's recording in the booth um nickelodeon was kind enough to to put on their uh, walls inside the main hallway they have these floor-to-ceiling digital um, uh, screens and they put up an image of Lamont because they thought oh that would be great they can take pictures of me standing in front of that and then we can go to the studio and they were gracious they're really sweet to set it up but everything was running behind so I'm sitting there with these guys just making small talk and uh, one of my friends who I had asked to take pictures who works at the studio eventually just had to go back to her office she didn't have time to sit and wait and uh, then finally the guys just looked at their watch and they go okay well on behalf of the Guinness Book of World Records and they stand up and they hand me the thing we gotta go sorry I shook my hand and I said okay and I, I said can I call my friend so she can take pictures and they said no I'm sorry we gotta go we, we gotta get over to the convention and I said, well, did you want to do a picture in front of the nice, you know, 30 foot I'm on here? And he goes, no, maybe just right over there in the blank wall. That's good. Like, <laughs> oh. so, I would have taken the picture with the 30 foot tall I'm Yeah. On. So, you know, it was, it was a little anticlimactic and weird, but it was, it was such an amazing, interesting honor to uh, be awarded with that. Because when I was a kid, I thought that I could earn a Guinness record someday. And as a lot of kids do, I thought I could do it for spitting or pogo stick sure, jumping yeah. or, you know, something. <laughs> the most frogs Super they want after. Yeah, yeah, something, <laughs> some quality-based, uh, you know, thing that I could actually earn. And this was a quantity-based award. So it, it just seems so weird. It was just juxtaposed in my mind like that. But it's, it's still a great honor, and I do proudly have it on my wall in my office. Oh, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> So what was just, the number? What was the number of of roles that that got him in? Uh, let's see, because I don't. I, uh, Stephen Bloom, Guinness. Hopefully, he has. There's nothing. There we go. Guinness World Record. Uh, most prolific 
video game actor in the world with 261 credited appearances as of May 10th, 2012. How many again? Say it again. 261. And that's just the video games. Yeah, because a lot of their stuff is not credited. You'll say, you know, they'll, they'll say, and additional voices by for a lot of the video game uh, market. So they don't get credited for specific characters a lot of times. Because it's see, usually like many... only a couple lines of, of dialogue at the most for, you know, the, the minor characters. How many video games have I done? Uh, zero. Darn. All right, next up, we have, uh, what is, I'm terrible at labeling these things. Uh, I know. I, You've sent I, me audio before. <laughs> the first three I labeled just fine, and the rest of, but for some reason, these two parts, it just says part one and part two, you know, interview four, part one, interview five, part two. Okay, let's Should go. I give a heads up about the, the Game of Thrones question. Yeah, we'll end with a nerdy question. I don't watch Game of Thrones. Uh oh. Uh, do we have a backup nerdy question? Yeah. Do we have a backup nerdy question? I don't have one. Up I'll think of something. I barely watch TV, so I barely uh, no, watch I, yeah, myself. I'm yeah, not sorry. a big broadcast TV yeah. person. I watch, I mean, That's I just great. finished. Well, we'll, 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 we'll okay, improvise. You but do I do want to talk said. about Blue Box. Full disclosure, because I did mention this yesterday when I got your autograph. I am a part of the community. I have been able to implement some of what you've taught us uh, for for radio technique. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe I do have. You know, maybe one day I could, ha- you know, have what it takes. But some of what you've taught has been useful as a, a radio broadcast. Great. So I wanted to make sure to talk about this, and I want. But like I said, full disclosure. I, you know, I am part of the community, and I'm happy to be a part of the community. I'm so grateful um, for you being there. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I will be doing the pirate challenge as soon as I think of something. Oh, good. Right. Uh, <laughs> no, I just I'm just wondering what may I mean. Obviously, this was a long. I, I would imagine there was some time running, uh, you know, some some planning. You know, obviously a lot of planning. It's a huge project, but I'm just curious. I mean, what made you decide to do to do this sort of project? Well, I, I found that I've been sort of accidentally teaching at every panel, at every Q and A panel I've ever done, and uh, my team, uh, particularly my uh, business partner Trina Wadden, has been bothering me to do this for years and years and years. She said, "You're a natural teacher. You should do this. Why not do it? We've got the facility here. I built a recording studio in my home, and uh, so it was. It's basically peer pressure that that caused me to do this. But the other thing was that I kept hearing from so many uh, fans about how they would try to get into voice acting in one way or another, and uh, that they would get taken advantage of." And it broke my heart. They would take these classes that were hundreds or thousands of dollars in whatever city they were living in. And uh, not only was the information impractical for them, but it was being taught by people who aren't actually doing the work. And, uh, you know, people with maybe a theater background who had never done voiceover before. And they just thought they could make a buck. Yeah. And that's kind of shitty if you ask me that people would do that. Not what Steve Bloom is doing. I'm just saying that that people would take advantage of. Yep. Yep. It happens in every industry. Well, yeah, that is true. I mean, who who ever heard of of somebody making up a a, a college and giving out false information and (laughs) degrees that aren't (laughs) worth anything and maybe getting fine millions of dollars for it? (laughs) Trump (laughs) University. Never heard of it. (laughs) Pricks. 
Okay. Uh, next. Uh, oh, okay. So, okay. It's Bloomvox. Okay. I misread it. I actually did label this properly. I just didn't read the label. <laughs> Bloomvox Part 2. And, uh, and then they would get to a situation where they would really need the skill set and they would fall on their face. So I wanted to create something that was uh, incredibly affordable and um, uh, easily accessible from anywhere in the world. I mean, one of my students uh, comes to class every week on his iPhone at 4.30 in the morning from Liverpool in an alley uh, because he doesn't want to disturb his, his roommate. Um, so it's accessible to everyone all over the world, and uh, it's real-world skills. And I start with the foundational stuff about just feeling good in your own skin and uh, building confidence and finding your own voice and those, those sorts of values, which I think are skipped. And they go right to you know, all the f funky voices that you can do and tricks and tips and that sort of thing, which we do get into all of the technical stuff, too. But I felt like we needed to, to do the foundational stuff as part of that class. Right, right. And then all of the classes are archived, and uh, we've done 16 classes so far. And it took about a year and a half to build this, and uh, two production teams to build the website for it. I had no idea what we were getting into. And you're building a subscription-based website. It is brutal. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we had to, to fire the first team and bring in another team to rebuild it from scratch. And now we finally have it fully operational. Uh, not even self-sustaining. I have three people, four, four people working for me full-time now to, uh, to run the whole thing. And uh, we're really doing it mostly just to give back and to give people a place to go to, to learn this stuff at any level and whether or not they're planning to do it for a career. And so all of these skills that we, we teach in this class are really life skills. They're foundational life skills that they can use for everything. And it just it's all the stuff that I learned over 30 years of doing this that helped me navigate the world and voiceover. So it's like the inner game for me. And I will say, I, I genuinely respect that. I mean, this isn't something you have to do. It's something you choose to do. Yeah. And and I think it's amazing when someone decides, I'm going to give back. Yeah. It, you know, it, because that is something that that is, you know, the same, you know, my, I, I've been, my father's military. You respect people who give for, you know, to the country, same thing. You respect someone who freely, well, not literally freely, but you said, I'm going to help raise up, help bring up the next generation of voice actors. Yeah. And that's, that's amazing. Yeah. So, and full disclosure again, uh, I am now an actual student. Uh, my, one of my sisters uh, got me a, a three month uh, subscription and my first class was this week, and I just felt so overwhelmed because they were talking about demos. <sighs> so, I got to go through the archives. I haven't had a chance to to watch more than a couple, but no, I mean it's it's he he does have a lot to offer in terms. Of, you know, like I said, I feel like my my host, you know, my my radio ability as a host has has improved since I started just following the community and participating in the challenges and whatnot. You know, I. Could I become an anime voice actor? Nah, probably not. I'm not, you know. But, um... You know, it's, it's useful stuff. For sure. So. I think we'll do, uh... Oh, no. We're up against... The, uh, and any thoughts on the, on the, uh, on, on what we've covered so far? Oh, sounding good. No, I, I just think that... It he just sounds like a really decent guy and it's nice that, you know, he's, he's trying to help, uh, you know, and, and fight back against the, the ripoff artists. Yes. Yeah. 
he he is he's a great guy. I remember the the, the night before um our the day before our interview. Well, the night before interview, uh, he was signing, and I was I, I was wandering around in the uh, the dealer's room, and, and I I went towards the area, you know, just out of curiosity, because I knew he, he and Mary Elizabeth McGlennon and a couple others would be signing, and there was no practically no one left. I was, I was like, what? How can there be no line for these people? They're legends. They're living legends. So I walked mm-hmm. up to him and I was like, you know, I taught, you know, I, I got a, I got a, an autograph, you know, I got an, I, I bought a print to autograph and I was just like, you know, uh, I have an interview with you tomorrow. Um, I told him, I said, I, I was joking, said, you know, we, I, you know, I said, you know, we do, I do talk radio and I, I jokingly said, you know, uh, where, where, and I leaned in, <laughs> liberal, and he got, I got a good laugh out of that. <laughs> so. That's cool. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh. So yeah, we will conclude the interview with uh, Steve Bloom right after I get back, uh, right after we get back. I, I mean, uh, but yeah, some great stuff. Amazingly nice guy. Um, I'm hoping he'll come back in a couple of years so I can go for uh, a- another another interview with him. But we'll see what happens. Miles won't be there to control my fidgeting though. No, I won't. Sorry. Maybe you can get a Miles hologram. Or a big thing now. Or Kenny, you you could always come to AWA and you know stomp pound the ground with me, hang out with my obscenely adorable nephew. No, sorry, it's not my scene, man. I'd love to meet your nephew, but no, I, I I'm I'm doing one. I don't like conventions anymore i did them for so long i'm gonna do the Mego convention and even leading up to the Mego convention i told susan i was like we're just gonna go for one afternoon and come back because i really i just want to go i want to get in i want to buy what i want and i want to get out i just you know i have a lot of bad memories associated with conventions because of uh my run-in with the comic book uh killer did I ever tell you about that? I think you have. It's been a while, though. I got in a, a, a fracas uh, at, a, at the Pittsburgh Comic-Con by the guy who ran it, and that guy is currently in prison for killing his wife. Wow. Ouch. Yeah, I think you have. Yeah, told- there was a big, like, 2020 star and everything. His name is Michael George. Not George Michael, but Michael George. Look up Michael George comic book killer, and you can see this nice guy. Yep. He sicked his goons on me. Well, I'm sorry. Anyway, to hear that. I mean, up. no, I mean, I can understand why you would be adverse to it. I mean, it's a lot of energy. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Well, it's it's not the energy. It's just the it, it's just. Uh, I think I don't like I don't like crowds as much as I used to either. So you know that has something to do with it. You know, I used to love you know being a social butterfly and doing all this stuff, but. Uh, I don't find it nearly as rewarding as I used to. So, you know, and again, if I knew who more of the people who were going to be there and I thought it might be valuable, you know, my, you know, to interview folks or something like that, that'd be good. But I mean, I, you know, I, I rely on you to tell me who these people are because I, I will admit I'm pretty ignorant on the broad voiceover community. I know people that I like. Obviously, you know, um, Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, you know, 
Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, <laughs> Mel Blank. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. If Mark Hamill ever came to AWA, Miles would probably have to come help me. Ha, ha, ha. Because. <laughs> that would be tempting. Yeah, it's like, you know, I know we said we as long as it was on Halloween, but it's Mark Hamill. Yeah. And, we, and Adam's going to make a fool of himself. We got to bail him out. I would help with that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's possible. I'm sure Mark Hamill is. No, Mark Hamill has done anime because he dubbed uh, Castle in the Sky and then the new dub version of that. So it's possible. And, and he did the live action version of what? The, the Giver? The Giver. Oh my God, that was a terrible film. <laughs> I riffed on that movie uh, back in the day of synths. The Synth Mystery Science Theory 2000 channel. I riffed on that movie. That was hor- hard to do. Street Fighter, easy as easy peasy. The Giver. Mm. All right, we got. We'll be right back after this. To c- come on, what the hell is wrong with my mouse? Scrape shit off the bottom of it. That's probably what happened. You got some buildup. Okay, we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber. What an ass. He was grinning like an idiot the entire time. What's wrong with that guy? Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
This is Indie Media Weekly, extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Well, hello there. This is Kenny Pick. Thanks for listening to Indie Media Weekly. Be sure to check out my show, Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. For those who dare. This is metal aficionado Kenny Pick. Every weekday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, it's Gods and Monsters. Gods of Metal and Monsters of Rock, right here on Indie Media Weekly. Brace yourselves for two big hours of hard rock and heavy metal, selected from my own personal music vault. You'll hear classics from the extended family trees of Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, and Kiss, heavy metal standards like Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, and Dio. You'll get a heap and helping of power metal, speed metal, thrash, melodic, glam, you name it, it's here. Except death metal and new metal. I do not like that stuff. You'll hear guitar virtuosos and shredders from the Leviathan and Shrapnel Records catalogs. Rare gems from the new wave of British heavy metal. Some guilty pleasures in the form of 80s hair metal. And rock and metal from around the globe. Gods and Monsters. Every weekday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. I'm Rick Beatty. And I'm Nick Sadler. And I am Jody Hamilton. We are From the Bunker. So we do a one-hour weekly podcast. Where we get to speak our mind about stuff from a liberal perspective. We will be on Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. We are so excited. If you don't have any right-wing friends, you'll feel at home with us. From the Bunker. With Jody Hamilton. Nick Sadler. And Richard Beatty. On Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. Hi, this is Kenny Pick, and be sure to listen to my music program, The Night Show, every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. The Night Show features a broad selection of eclectic music from my personal library, as well as your requests. So be sure to visit IndieMediaWeekly.com and find the tab for The Night Show. Join the chat and submit your requests every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern on The Night Show. Only on Indie Media Weekly. IndieMediaWeekly.com for those who dare. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. Yes, master philosopher, alchemist, and eternal love. Oh, Enough of that. We don't have time for your long-winded self-introductions. Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio. That's right. We got an interview to finish. To wit... Master philosopher Miles Ligon out of Port St. Lucie, Florida. Hey. <laughs> Alchemist Michelle Ligon, also out of Port St. Lucie, Florida. I'm here. And finally, out of Cleveland, Ohio, the eternal love child, Mr. Kenny Pick. By the skin of my teeth. No, I will say this. If if Mark Campbell ever comes to AWA, we're going to use that as an excuse to get every Indie Media Weekly radio personality to come to Atlanta for the anime con. 
Well, there we go. All right, let's get to this. We got uh, one, two, four more parts. Uh, two shorter, two longer. Uh, here is Steve Bloom talking about using his voice powers. Yeah, well, I mean, part of it, too, is that in our community, the voice acting community, I've been in a lot of different places in, in uh, entertainment. I started in music. I worked in the film business for years. And the voice acting community is um, comprised of some of the best people I've ever known, just high-quality human beings who I choose to be friends with. And if I see this whole new crop of people coming into the community, I want to sustain that. I really want them to be good, high-quality people with you know who are in this for the right reasons, too. Absolutely. One of the very first things I tell people as they're coming in is to do it because you love to do it, not to get rich or famous. And that's also a misconception that a lot of people have. Is that, mm. Wow, I'm going to go do anime and I'm going to be rich and famous. Neither of those things are true. So, <laughs> so yeah, the, the final question you want to go like uh, Dream Roll or Dark Side? Let's do Dark Side. I think that'll be fun. Dark Side. <laughs> so the question is basically: <laughs> Have you ever used your your talents for like a prank or something silly? Um, <laughs> Oh, uh, that is my press pass. I'll get that. In the well, I uh, I am not fond of cold callers, and so uh, from time <laughs> to time I will answer the phone and I will I will pull some kind of prank like somebody's being murdered in the house and I'll do all of the sound effects <laughs> for it, or I'll you know I'll answer as Satan, they, you know, you have reached hell, you know that that kind of thing and. Uh, it's six 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 area code. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> it was actually the only superpower I had growing up. I was bullied when I was a little kid, and mm-hmm. my voice dropped pretty early. And so, one of the things I could do would be to hide around the corner and use a man's voice and just scare kids back to class who would ordinarily beat me up. Um, nice. So, I not necessarily dark side is more self protection, but um, yeah, I'll use it for pranks every now and then, and then I'll uh, leave messages for people and you know disguise the voice and. See, but I, I, I like to, to uh, use it for good. Sure, more yeah. often than yeah, not. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. it's an, it's it's, it's a, just a misnomer. Dark side. It's, yeah. yeah, it's misunderstood. Yeah, although I played dark side and I said I am entropy, I am death, I am dark side, so that would count, right? Technically, yeah. 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 yeah dark side. <laughs> yes, he was dark side yeah. once. What, what was that Very in? Cool. Was that in game? A game or a, a cartoon? Uh, let's see. Hey, it, it, Google it complete uh, Justice League. Wh- what the hell? Why is my phone doing stuff? Justice League War. Yeah, Justice League War. Yep. That's a that's a new one. That's a yes. that's that one just came out uh, based on the 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 revamped DC uh, DC animated uh, universe based on the new Fifty Two. It's from twenty fourteen. So not too recent. <laughs> Well, I say recent, and it's like it's it's so funny because I'll like reference comic books, and I'm like, yeah, that one, I love that comic, and then I'm just thinking, yeah, that you know, came out 2011, <laughs> you know, or 2005. What? Yeah, it is kind of creepy when you when you notice it. It's like I thought that was a lot early, you know, <laughs> a lot newer than uh-huh. I, yeah, the you know, says it is. <laughs> you know, you know as good as any any comic fan that that's uh. Oh, yeah. It'll terrify you sometimes. <laughs> yeah. All so. right. Anything else before we go to uh, the next cut? Oh, there's more. Yes. This is him I, talking I, I, about... I thought that. 
I, I I guess I just thought that that was the because usually you ask the Game of Thrones question last, so I guess I thought that that I was. I think I think it was the pressure from having to improvise, so we just got it out. Oh, yeah, we're gonna okay. we're gonna have to we're gonna have to replace that question after April of this year, Miles. We got to work on a new nerd question. All right, uh, here is Steve is here is Steve talking about being a part of Star Wars because again he's done a lot of work in Star Wars and as I've said before, Star Wars is basically a modern myth. You, you know, it's the mm-hmm. role doesn't belong to you; it belongs to the world, and, and I think that's something that Lucas kind of lost touch with. Like, it's my creation; I can create midi chlorians. One, no, it belongs to the fans. So here he is talking about being a part of, Star, of the Star Wars universe. And since they open, I'm generally curious because I did ask Mary about this too. What's it like being a part of Star Wars? Basically, being a part of a modern myth. Because I mean, we, you know, we we brought up Joseph Campbell. You know, Joseph Campbell helped George you know, was influential on Lucas. Yeah. And I think that's why it resonates so much because it's modern myth. I mean, it's yeah. it's mythology with science fiction veneer. I guess you could yeah. say. So I mean. It's got to be something, you know, it's got to be, I w- if I were a part of it, I'd be both, because I'm a huge Star Wars fan, I'd be both intimidated and awestruck, you know, and part of, you know. Yes, all of that. Um, and Dave Filoni has carried on that tradition uh, that George started, too. He takes it very seriously, and he has that more global vision, like George did. He, George mentored him uh, personally. And so every time we would step into a session for Rebels, Dave would come in and he'd give us the overarching reason that we were there to do what we were going to do which you don't hear in cartoons very often right um there's there's a underlying quality to star wars that just doesn't exist in any other franchise that i know of um in in terms of just how they they really want to not only be of service to the fan base and and they're loved and hated for that um but they they really have something to say they they have a a more global vision they want to to leave a lasting impression that uh goes far beyond the sci-fi veneer that uh, Star Wars possesses, but it, it's it is an anomaly. It's an amazing thing. Yeah, I, you know, I, I agree. It's a, it is an amazing thing, and uh, like I said, I I can only imagine how privileged he feels to be a part of it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. something. All right, uh, next cut is the final part of the Star Wars question. I remember working on the games for the first time. I was blown away that I got to be a stormtrooper. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world because I was, I was there for that first uh, weekend in 1977 at the theater, and I was a fan. It changed my life at that point. And getting to work on it so many years later, and then to get to create a character like Zeb that was based on a Ralph McQuarrie design for the original film, that's um, why he looks so familiar. The, I s- the original design for the Wookiee for for Chewie. for Chewie looked almost exactly like Zeb, except uh, with hair. It was Zeb with hair, and and they actually made an action figure based on that, which oh, okay. which a fan gave me. It's a rare action figure that was based on that. So we within uh, our little world of Star Wars Rebels, there were a, a bazillion different things that they grabbed from the old Ralph McQuarrie designs and from stuff that just wasn't used. And that original stuff just to honor that tradition uh, that George had begun, and and that's stuff that only the the deepest cut fans will be able to pick out in some cases. Um, but it wasn't lost on us, and, and I half of it went over my head because I'm not that great of a fan of anything. But uh, when I would find out about these little nuggets, it's like, oh, that's really cool. It, you know, so yeah, just to be 
um, a little tiny cog in that giant Star Wars machine is an amazing thing, and and um, we're all humbled, truly humbled by that. Yeah, like I said, I I've been it's been something that you know I'm look I've got a three year old nephew, and I'm just counting down the years until he's old enough for me to start showing him Star Wars, Indiana Jones, The Goonies, of course. The, I, I got to show him The Goonies. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I try to be the good uncle. <laughs> yeah. He has to get old enough to hear the cuss words, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, Goonies, the Goonies uh, I could probably float that, you know. Yeah? Uh, oh, good. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> and I just revealed how bad of an uncle I am. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yes. Oh, they're yeah. not that bad in there. There were a few, but not too bad. Right. All right, and okay, this was the the nerdy question we improvised. Uh, well, that and the the voice powers, but uh, I asked him uh, about uh, a guest spot on a certain RPG show me and Michelle are fond of. But I do have one more question since they haven't kicked us out yet. Yeah, and if if you can't answer, I understand. I, I understand. You know, is there any chance that you're eventually going to be on Critical Role sometime? Uh, Mary has been on it as Zara. She has. I hope so. I talked to Matt about it in the early days um, in the first campaign. And uh, frankly, I was intimidated because these guys were really good players and very high-level players. And I just thought that I'd be that guy that came in and accidentally did a TPK. <laughs> <laughs> and these are all my friends, you know. So I was, I was just intimidated by the whole thing, and I didn't have a lot of improv experience. Um, I think that if Matt asked me again, I would do it at this point because we, we've actually been playing a home game for a while and I, I kind of have an idea of how things work. So, um, you know, it's up to them if they have room for me and they right. want to bring I me was the just, show. You know, I, like, so that's why I was like, if you can't answer, I understand. No, you know, I would love to. At, at this point, I would love to. I just don't know. You know, I'm sure they have guests well, yeah. lining up for years <laughs> at this point. Yeah. I jokingly say that, you know, I'm a huge Mystery Science Theater 3000 fan, yeah. you know, watching bad movies. I do that. I'm like, if I... If, if I could choose, like, people to sit down for an, one time and watch a band with my fellow, would be like, I would, like, you know, tell us some Jaffe. I think he's, yeah. got, he's got enough of a offbeat sense of humor that you could take a bad movie and make it into comedy gold. Oh, my God. He's a genius, too. They're all amazing on that show. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I try to write as a hobby. wish I could be better at it. But, you know, I enjoy watching. Like, yeah, I wish I could be half as good as these people. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, uh, but... Uh, no, I was just curious. You know, well, I'm sure a lot of people have been curious about that. But yeah, I, I would consider it now. Now I at least know what a D20 is. So yeah. Yeah. well, that's a step in the right direction. That is. That you know? is. Yeah. Once you yeah. memorize its icosahedron, that's the actual name of the shape. <laughs> that's going to take a while. Yeah. You'll yeah. Learn it, and then you'll be you'll feel blend. That's way too many syllables for this time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What's a monosyllabic way to say that? Uh, <laughs> D20. No, that's two syllables. Yeah. Thingy. Die. <laughs> there, there we go. But no, um, thank you very much for staying down with us today. Um, it, it did mean a lot to me that we were able to get, to get an interview. I'm glad it worked out. You know, yeah, he thank totally you. geeked out. Yeah, he, oh. he can tell you. I mean, like when I got the, I, and I was convinced we weren't going to get it because I missed the email by like an hour because I, I work on a military post at the PX. If you, oh, know, wow. you, know, if you know military, yeah. you, you might know what the PX. Yeah, I, I do. I just don't want to assume people know. But, no, I uh, do. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, so, it was kind of sudden because because we'd been you know we got about an extra five minutes so that's why yeah, I was just sure. like no wind down it's like okay that's it we gotta go <laughs> but uh, no it was, it was amazing and uh, you know like I said I him and Mary Elizabeth McGlynn were so nice to us and you, he was happy with the cookies I will tell you Mary Mary Elizabeth <laughs> was also happy with the cookies 
Yes. Yeah. Um, everybody was happy with the cookies. Well, yeah, everyone was happy with the cookies. I've but... had these cookies. I get it. <laughs> yes. You just <laughs> wait till you hear the Michael Sinternaklas. Uh, yes. Interview. Yes. Oh boy. Yes. Oh, we still have another interview. We have yes. two. two at least. Two. We have two. We have oh, the yes. Michael Sinternaklas interview, and then we have the one with Dante Bosco. Basco. Man, come. Well, again, uh, Adam's a world-class procrastinator, you know. <laughs> yeah, because hey. I don't feel bad oh, enough. Because I, <laughs> I don't feel bad enough. <laughs> That's okay. Miles procrastinates real well, too. Oh, yeah. I, I'm uh, right up there. Yep. Oh, yeah. but he, so but he who he, was about sin, uh, my friend. Yes. What was that shape again for the 20-sided die, Miles? Icosohedron. 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 Yes. yes. And, nice. and the tenth sided is dodecahedron. No, that's the twelfth sided. Dodeca- oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Huh? Dodecahedron's twelve. Yes. Correct. I could have sworn it was ten. Well, deca, not, not... deca is twelve. Ten. Do is two. God damn it! I can't believe. Well, see... do a deer, a female deer. See, I I learned Japanese. I didn't learn Latin. I just committed it to memory. I have no. I, I don't know Latin to save my life. Nerd. No, just play with. I know pig Latin. <laughs> it's just like casahedron is a cool word to say. Casahedron. <laughs> and so is dodecahedron. <laughs> yes. Dodecahedron. So, well, yeah, that... um, can we talk about? Uh, uh, oh, go ahead, finish up. But but there's an upcoming TV show I want to talk about that should interest everyone. Uh no, I mean that, that that's the interview. I hope everyone enjoyed it, um because it, it meant the literally it meant the world to me to be able to to sit down, especially with him and Mary Elizabeth. I mean, well, Greg Griffin, of course, is an amazing person too. <laughs> um, yeah. but yes. just it, it was a it was a tremendous privilege, and you know, like I said, every interview I get. I'm hope my my goal is like Steve Steve Bloom leaves the the AEW. He's like you know. That Adam guy was a nice was was a real stand up guy, Mary Elizabeth, and I you know, and maybe they t- <laughs> maybe they tell some of their friends, and maybe ten years, maybe after, maybe uh, sometime around our tenth anniversary, I do get an interview with Matt Mercer. Probably unlikely, but I have dreams. All right. Yes, Mister Pick. Well, the Mandalorian. I am so excited about the Mandalorian. I'm going going to sign up for the Disney streaming service when it's out. Um, <clears throat> but I, I have you guys been following the news on in the cast and everything no. for the Mandalorian? No. Okay. Well, this name should excite you. Pedro Pascal is the lead. Pedro Pascal was Oberyn Martell in Game of Thrones. Squee. Oh. Oh, very good. Yeah. That that's a good casting. The uh, there are other uh, notable cast members that uh, we should we should uh, mention here as well. Uh, Gina Carano, who was Angel Dust in Deadpool. You remember that real that that um, yeah. evil kind of badass? Uh, yeah, she's like it's an MMA fighter too. Is that, or Iron Fra- or Francis is <laughs> Francis is floozy, basically. Yeah, well, I guess. Um, and uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Who played Gus Fring? Plays Gus Fring in Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. So I'm very excited about that. 
dig this one episode <laughs> i couldn't believe this Werner fucking herzog <laughs> is in an episode uh, so yeah Werner herzog is in an episode um I can't wait to see how that goes. <laughs> uh, uh, Nick Nolte is in an episode, oh. uh, which is really exciting. Taika Watiti probably I... doing a voice role, probably yes. doing a voice role. Uh, and probably, I think it's a classic bounty hunter too. There's rumors going around. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the android, the droid one from Empire Strikes Back. IG88. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh my god, that'll be awesome because IG88 never had a voice. No, he was just there, you know. Yeah. Oh, I love that design. IG88 was one of my favorite uh, uh, character. Well, not characters, but just character designs because uh, I loved that action figure when I was a kid. Um, uh, Carl Weathers is in an episode. Oh, wow. That's kind of exciting. And, uh, another actress here, Emily Swallow. She looks familiar. And, but apparently she does a voice in Castlevania. Lisa Tepes. Oh, the the wife of, uh, of Dracula. Lisa Tepes. Oh, okay. And... Um, and it looks like uh, Supernatural. She was Amara or Kareem. Um, and yes, uh, Amara. And, yep. Okay. Um. So yeah. So there. That that's all the cast members right now. And some really exciting news. Jean Favreau is um is writing and directing. I believe. Uh. No. 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 He's writing. Jean Favreau is writing. Is this um. Live and so is George Lucas. Huh? It's live action. Live action. Okay. Live action. Mandalorian. It's a to- full-on Boba Fett-looking dude. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Pedro Pascal. So um, Bryce Dallas Howard is directing an episode or, or, or more, and so is Taika Waititi. Of course, Bryce Dallas Howard, you might know, is Ron Howard's daughter, who's been in a ton of stuff. She was... Gwen Stacy in Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire. Um, she was in um, the Jurassic World or whatever with uh, Chris Pratt. Um, you know, uh, she's a knockout too, man. But she she's directing. So, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I don't mean to be reductive, but she's a knockout. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Uh, and, um, and she's a really talented actress. She was in a really great episode of Black Mirror, too. Um <clears throat> um, but yes, this is a, a, a really I I'm really looking forward to this. Looks like there's a total of eight episodes for the f- first season, so I'm assuming that means we're gonna have some real high quality shows. You know, I mean the talent right there behind it. I mean some other directors, uh, Deborah Chow. I'm not familiar with her. Let me go and see what her uh. uh Oh, Jessica Jones. Okay. She directed Jessica Jones. Um, <clears throat> Dave Filoni. Uh, he was, uh, he directed the Clone Wars and, uh, uh, no, he wrote, wrote for the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Very cool. So that's exciting. And then, uh, Rick, uh, Famayiwa. Let me see what he did. Um, he did um 
bunch of movies I've never heard of. Dope, The Wood, I Am the Chi, Talk to Me. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, but, you know, looks like he, he's kind of an indie director, so that's that's always good, because you know that's where we got the, um, uh, oh, why can't I remember, the Brothers Avengers, um, the, um, Russo Brothers, yeah, the Russo Brothers, one of their first movies was filmed right down the road from me, uh, Welcome to Collinwood, I think is what it was called. Um, Collinwood is, is a neighbor, east side neighborhood, um, in Cleveland. So, you know, I think they're from Cleveland. I think they have a studio in Cleveland where they do work. Um, but yeah, so this is exciting. And plus they're saying that we're going to get a a television series based on the Scarlet Witch and Loki. Yes. And I think vision Vision's going to be part of the, the Scarlet Witch TV series. And, uh, you know, and that opens the potential for a lot of other, I mean, what, uh, uh, there's been rumors swirling around that they might do a, um, uh, a, a Bucky or, you know, Bucky Falcon, uh, buddy type show where, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of, especially if, if they, if Captain America ends up dying in, um, this next movie, I could totally see that, you know, and where they, where they're trying to, you know do all the things that Captain America would have done together, you know, because both of them were Captain America in the comic books. That could be an interesting premise too. Maybe it's a series about who will become the next Captain America. And maybe they'll just both do it at the same time. Captain's America. Speaking of, speaking of supernatural bad news, Michelle, Season yeah, 15. I, I, I read it. Season 15 will be the last. Susan's very upset. Susan's very upset about. <sighs> to me, it, it's 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 good that they that they they are rounding it out. Um, past couple seasons, some of the shows have kind of stretched a little bit, and I, I'm sure Jared and, and um, uh, Jensen. Jensen are probably. They're they're probably wanting to to tang it up while it's still hot. You n- you never want a show to go over, yeah. and end up becoming really really lame. So, I'm well, I'm actually glad for them. I have I have um, hopes that if the CW and actually you know what, fuck it, just put him over on the DC streaming service or somewhere. But I want to see Jensen Ackles. As Batman somewhere. Oh, that'd be cool. People have teased, different actors have teased, I think Stephen Amell and other folks have said, Jensen Ackles should just be the CW DC Universe Batman. I mean, they have Batwoman. How long can you have a Batwoman show before you bring on Batman? Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, they have Flash and they've brought on Jay Garrick, Kid Flash, Jesse Quick, XS or, or XS is or XL. I can't remember. Uh the, the future Legion of Superheroes version of the Flash. Reverse Flash. Every every Flash iteration there's been out there, they've brought on to the Flash TV series. Every arrow character, every every close character they did, you know, um Connor Hawk, they did uh, uh, uh the uh Arrowette character, uh, uh Speedy all the different different Green Arrow characters they brought in. How long can they go 
before they bring in Batman or Robin into a into a Batwoman TV series if it's successful. Yes. You know. But in Arrow is, is uh, yeah, I think we did we discuss that last week. Arrow there the Yeah. Yeah. It's the end of an Arrow. Uh so <laughs> 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 but I, I'm not. I'm definitely not sad about that because I couldn't stand that show. I'm not. I'm not trying to be an asshole or anything. But it was not a good. It, I, I thought it was too much of a soap opera. I don't like those CW shows that well. The superhero shows. You're I not in their demographic. Yeah. I couldn't watch. Yeah, I couldn't watch Legends of uh, Tomorrow or whatever. I couldn't. Uh, I watched Flash season one and I thought it was good, but then I tried on season two and I was like, I just can't. There's something about it. And I don't know. It's um, I respect what they're doing, but I really, really, really think that the DC streaming service shows are just running circles. In you know, and and, and it's, it hasn't even been a full year with Titans and Doom Patrol and Young Justice, uh, The Outsiders. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the Star Girl show. They're going to bring in the whole Justice Society in that show. That's insane. That is like a dream come true for me. The Justice Society of America is arguably my favorite superhero team of all time. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. But, um, but yeah, I really think that uh, um, Jensen Ackles deserves a role in a superhero franchise of some some capacity. He was great in um, the Batman, the Red Hood. As uh, as the Red Hood, I won't no, I won't tell any spoilers as to his identity. It's pretty pretty cut and dry, but yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it, it, I just uh, Jensen Ackles is a really talented actor. He's got a you know, he he needs something big, and he is a fanboy like the rest of us. And and you know, he's been in it for so long. He started out on Smallville. Um, is Jason Teague? I believe was his name. Um, the gym teacher. The gym teacher. <laughs> yes. And Hi, then he became, Susan. by the depth, became a gym teacher. <laughs> yeah. uh, Coach Dean, um, which I bought Susan a plushie, Coach Dean. But uh, but yes, uh, everybody says hi, Susan. Um, but uh, she says hi. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think that it's sad that it's coming to an end, but I really, 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 really want to see. Jensen Ackles and Jared uh, Padalecki, you know, end up somewhere cool. Yeah, um, just, as, just as long as they're not doing a remake of an old horror movie. Because mm. both of them did that, oh. and the movies were awful. Oh, I saw Friday the 13th in the theater. Yeah. Thanks, honey. Yeah, and, and uh, the, um, the other one was um, My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, I never saw yeah. that. Susan yeah. probably rented it. So. I, I, I saw both of them. I mean, I because I had to because my boys were in it, but yeah. uh, they they were pretty bad. <laughs> my bloody Valentine. Did you watch that with uh, Jensen Ackles? Oh, she watched House of Wax too. Wasn't Paris Hilton in that? Oh my God, <laughs> Susan! I am so sorry for your loss. Oh yes, I remember that one too. I think I actually own that. Oh <laughs> yes. So uh, she she's muttering something under her breath that I'm being disrespectful. Uh oh. Uh, well, we went to see Tom Welling in the Fog when it came out oh, too. Oh, shut my up. God. Great. It was awful. All right, let me talk to. 
Uh, wait, we got we're three minutes over right now. So oh yeah, the, the wanna, fog remake uh, not, not, not the best. <laughs> so oh so oh Susan <laughs> needs some time to cry. Uh, she's really upset. She's carrying yes. her Dean Winchester doll that I bought her. The the really super nice. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the quantum mechanics. Uh, Super pricey Dean Winchester. I, I hope this still. I hope this doesn't doesn't mean they're not going to make the Castiel and uh, Sammy, Sammy, <laughs> Sammy, son of a bitch. So. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, oh, that that does remind me. I did watch the first episode of Doom Patrol last week. Oh, uh, it is magical. I, I got to watch the episode from yesterday. Uh, I, I enjoyed oh. it. Excellent usage of fine gun cannibals. Good job on the soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack is great. There's a lot of cool 80s stuff in it. And I just um, have the sinking feeling that Chief is not who he appears to be. Well, if you ever read, if anybody ever read the Grant Morrison Doom Patrol comics, yeah, Chief was not a cut and dry character. But what do you think about Alan Tudyk as uh, Mr. Nobody? Oh, he he's clearly putting I mean, he's clearly putting in putting in his heart and soul for this role. Oh. He loves it. He he's loves such, it. And I love him too. He's such an amazing actor. I love his voice work, and you know, I you know he was great as uh um what was what was the the droid uh, KS I forget the droid yeah, name I but, know, uh, but... And, and Rogue One K two S O yes that's it that's it Mister because Cassian said to. Oh, that was—he was fantastic in that role, and of course, he was great in what Firefly and um, everything I see him, and I, I pretty much enjoy. There was only that one show that that kind of goofball kind of office type show, except it was set in the DC universe. Did you guys, you guys oh. remember that? Oh, oh, was that the one, uh, like the not everybody's a hero or something like that? That one, I forget what the name of the name of it was, though. Yeah, I'm looking right now. Uh, oh my god, he was in Strangers with Candy. Um, uh, what was Powerless? Yes. Yeah, Powerless. It was uh, basically it was set in the world of DC Universe, um, but it was basically just people, you know, saying, "Hey, we saw Superman the other day, and we're making wacky jokes about it." Yeah. Yes. And I'm sure he did great work in it, but it just didn't sound appealing or interesting at all to me. So, and it, that uh, it got shit canned after 12 episodes. Yeah, I, I gotta check out. I'm getting a headache that is I need to deal with. I'm sorry no worries. No. I hope you wrap up. All righty. I cool. hope you feel better. better. All right. Catch y'all there. See ya. All right. Well, I guess that's our cue to uh, wrap things up. So again, I hope everyone enjoyed the interview with Steve because uh, I I really enjoyed uh, uh, recording it. And uh, so, oh, we we'll figure out what's going on next week. We'll have to talk off the air. But uh, parting shots, Michelle. Um, I feel bad for Miles having a headache. I'm getting a slight one myself, but that's just because mm-hmm. I'm tired. So, um, 
just uh, I'm looking forward to all the really new, new neat, cool stuff that's out there. Um, the DC, I like the DC universe, uh, uh, and and all all the neat shows. So I'm looking forward to lots more to come, especially with the way our technology is nowadays that we can do stuff like this and make it actually really cool and believable and stuff. So mm-hmm. that's my parting chart shot. Kenny, what parting shark. Shark. <laughs> shark, yeah, shark. well, parting shark, there we go. Parting shark. If you can combine the two words, parting shot, you, it could yeah. just be a shark, so, <laughs> uh, or your sharding part. Um, uh, okay, uh, if I, I will commit to do next Saturday's show, uh, if it can be all nerd talk, as long as I don't have anything going on, so everybody stay tuned, I'll probably be able to do the entire uh, three hours, uh, you know, run the show and everything for Adam since he has to work. Uh, but I'm, I can't commit at the moment because i got to make sure that we don't have anything going on next week. But I don't think we do. So uh, that's that's my promise to you. Oh, well, you know, a thought occurs to me, Kenny, that if this does happen, three hours of nerd talk, maybe Susan can work through some of her supernatural grief for a segment. Yes. <laughs> that just, is a perfect. <laughs> just putting it on the table and backing away slowly. She, she no no no. She she actually went through a couple stages of the grief today cuz uh, I cuz she mentioned it and she was sad and then I heard her say god damn it. And I was like, "Hey, what's wrong?" She's like, "I'm just going through the stages of grief about supernatural." <laughs> Can I talk to them? No, it's going to be ne- no no, we're wrapping up the show. We're going to do it next week. Because I'm, if you want, if we can do, I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll talk. I'll talk to you in a couple minutes. About after, it. after, after, after. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. Everyone, have a great week. We'll, we'll, I guess, be back next week. We'll see what happens. Uh, and uh, oh, Shazam's coming out soon. So by the time I'm back on the air, uh, we may have a Shazam review. We'll see what happens. We'll be back. Okay, what? I said the other Captain Marvel. The other Captain Marvel. We'll be back. Everyone have a great week. Goodbye. Oh, don't forget Midnight Sun, our tribute to Nobu Uematsu. Happy birthday, Uematsu-san. Have a nice week. Bye. Time for go to bed. It is late. Shall we retire? Goodbye, my friends. Goodbye to you all. I'll never forget you. Live in peace. Goodbye, all. Stay happy and good luck. On our way to great adventures. Get out of here. Worm. Push the button, Frank. Catch you next time, Gadget. Next time. Visitors, thank you for your attendance. Are you gonna do the thing? I'm gonna do the thing. You're doing the thing! I'm doing the thing!